Now batting for the sports animal, your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. It's Tuesday, Albuquerque. You know what that means. The boys are here. Kind of. Van's not here. Oh, okay. Okay, Van's not here. Am I supposed to say, oh, yeah. <laughs> I am Fred Slow, and I'll be alongside you, friend of the show, up until 7 p.m. this evening. We will hand the reins off to Mike Trujillo and True of the Game. Stephanie Griffin producing that? Where's Michael at tonight? No, I'm here. I'll oh, be, okay. Yeah. Oh, see, it's all messed up because Lady Lobo. <laughs> Joining me on the program. Uh, this is when you go to the bullpen. This is when, all right, so your starter's out. Van Nunley is out. Van is on assignment in Flagstaff. He, I believe he is skiing, snowboarding. Which one is even, whichever one's assignment. more acceptable socially. That, that's a good as- assignment. So he is out there. So we are here. And we is me and my friend, not just of the program, but friend in real life, Jared Hart. Jared, welcome to the program. So the COVID protocols have also hit two men on afternoons at the sports animal. So Van, and he doesn't want me sharing his medical business, but Van does not have COVID. No, no, not Van. Oh. I assumed everyone else you called okay. before you arrived on me was sitting out for their <laughs> requisite five or ten games or excuse me, days. So the Rolodex was not kind to me <laughs> planning the Tuesday episode of this program. Uh, so the original plan, little inside baseball for the friend of the show, Mike Vitale on the ones and twos. Michael, how are you? And a good afternoon to you. It looks a little wintry outside. Look it, at that. All right, see, and that's what you do because you know I have my back to the window and then you, you trigger, <laughs> you trigger my seasonal <laughs> depression. But ever since like four days ago, every day has more sunlight than the day that preceded it, and that is a good day. This every is the, day is a good day. This is so much more traffic and weather than I expected to be doing today. I'm amateur meteorologist, and it was there. <laughs> you look outside and you decide what the weather is. That's the amateur meteorologist. In 1998, I saw the movie Armageddon, and I was like, I'm really excited about asteroids in the sky, and that's when I got into meteorology, and that's why I work for Cumulus. Wow, full circle. Cumulus media. Well, it's also a cloud. Oh, yeah. shoot. Oh, I fooled oh, myself. Oh. So Lady Lobos were supposed to play today, and they were playing against San Jose State. I believe that to be correct. That was canceled. Oops. COVID-19 protocols. I don't know who. I don't know what. I tried to do a little investigative journalism, but instead I just gave up, and we're going to have a deputy director, Dave Williams, is going to join the program. <laughs> Go to the source. Spartans yeah. out. So he will be here at 4.15, and we will talk about uh, what's going on with the program, why there's no doubleheader today like somebody had hoped for, and also we're going to talk about uh, what the university is doing to allow Lobo fan to attend the university. They have a bunch of new protocols in place, and you're like, but Fred, I don't want to be inconvenienced. Well, here's the thing. The Lobos are helping you. So Lobos are going to help you help your community. Also, we are in a surge of COVID-19. Oh, my God. Holiday Bowl canceled. 93 NFL players today onto the COVID-19 list. Today? Today. <laughs> since Thanksgiving. That puts them over 500 since Thanksgiving. 
57 players have taken a snap for the New Orleans Saints who played football last night, kind of, on Monday Night Football. There is so much COVID. You kind of knew when the holidays were coming around that people would be around more people. Be idiots is what you could have said. Can I give you the, 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 the cold facts from the university about the Lady Lobos? Jared Hart, who often mans the microphone on KKOB, giving us the cold hard facts on women's sports. Go ahead. This is from the Lobos. Uh, that the San Jose State-New Mexico women's basketball game scheduled for tonight at the pit. Today the pit has been postponed due to COVID-19-related concerns with the San Jose State program. Ooh. Code for not our fault. Games that cannot be rescheduled will be declared a no contest. Fans with tickets to the San Jose State game should hold on to their tickets and parking. If the game is rescheduled, the original ticket and parking will be valid. If the game ends up not being rescheduled, ticket holders can contact the UNM ticket office. New Mexico will now open the Mountain West schedule on December 31st at Boise State. That's like conference rules all around. Home opener will now be UNLV on Jan 3. All right, well, I'm excited for that. I could be at that. Let me look at my schedule real quick. Yep, I'm available. I was going to go today, Michael, because I was going to receive an award, an accreditation. That's I, right. Yeah, they were. So the Lady Lobos or UNM or Cumulus or the Sports Animal or a combination of all, probably also Scott Cregan at Graphic Connections, don't know. But all these individuals were going to give me an award for, I think, my due diligence, my journalism, my reporting capabilities, my acrimon. The one thing that I would like to do at this period in time is to accept a handled thing <laughs> in, a, in a sports complex that just had to cancel because of COVID protocols. It's not the Lobos. The Lobos are, like, doing it the right way. It's You're right. Everyone no else. way a San Jose State girl coughed on that on the way over. They have to be here in the city, though, right? Like these San Jose players? They have to. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, they wouldn't even be in and out same day. They've got to be staying somewhere. Yeah, they were tonight. at the Radisson last night or whatever, and they were like, we, <laughs> we might get a second negative. No, you won't. What I am looking forward to hearing Dave Williams talk about is, I don't get it. I thought if you had eight scholarship players, you were allowed to keep playing. That I thought that was the NCAAs, but I don't know. I also don't know if they travel to a state if they're under different COVID protocols from that university system. Oh, God, or if I sure don't know. the NCAA just does it, which is why it's good that we have a non-adjacent sports content yeah. guest coming on who can actually explain it. Dave Williams, the deputy director of athletics over at the university, will be joining us to talk about that. He'll Listen, do like the NFL teams you're talking about. I will be surprised if the NFL games scheduled for this weekend are there's no way they're all played. Well, here's how they here's because you don't know. Breaking news. Dun 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 dun. The NFL changed all the rules, and we'll talk about that <laughs> after Dave Williams joins. How do we? I don't know how to. We can't get any games no, on. We're, the problem is the rules. Change the rules. We are living in a lightning fast change of everything society right now. And I like you know a lot of people, Jared Hart. They're all in this room. Yeah. This is the maximum amount of people that I know. This is the maximum amount of people I'm, I'm willing to be around right now, and. And the world is changing so fast that I can't even keep up. And I'm like, I live on the front page of the internet. Like, I'm the guy that, like, knows what is the next thing to know. And you cannot keep up with the changes of not just sports, but COVID everything. COVID regulations by state or country or medical group or government or region. Or, and you can fill out any proper noun that could, like, fill in an answer on Wheel of Fortune. But it's, you can't keep up. It's too fast.
What What is going on? How is it changing and where is it going? No one has the answer. Literally no one. I have a bold question. Mm-hmm. What is the NFL's responsibility to making sure that COVID doesn't hit a team? Are you asking me as a COVID survivor or are you asking me as a fan of NFL football? I'm asking you as a COVID survivor and soon-to-be repeat COVID offender. Yes. It's coming your way again. I it has it. to be. I'm surprised you're here today. No. It, last year, the NFL had a, a commitment. Nobody knew about the disease. They didn't understand it. They weren't trying to get people sick. After a vaccine is available, what is their commitment to not having other players spread it? The NFL and the 32 billionaires proper, very little. The NFLPA, everything. So even the NFLPA, if there's a vaccine available and people don't want to take it, what is the NFL's commitment to making sure that guy doesn't play? It, it like it, it's if it's the flu as the new Omicron variant yeah. is early in the pandemic. I heard a guy interviewed because I get my science from guys that make movies. Smart. He was the contagion science advisor. Oh, okay. And he said the only thing a vaccine can do when it mutates is it can either become more infectious or more deadly. Wow. And if it becomes more deadly, it's less infectious. If it becomes more infectious, it's less deadly. The only time it becomes both are in the movies. Omicron is wildly infectious. Yes. It is also way safer. At a certain point, the NFL has to look at this thing like the flu. And what was the players? So if you tested positive for the flu, did they make you stay home? No. If you could play, you played. At a certain point, if a vaccine is available and you're in the NFL and you didn't want to take the vaccine or you did take the vaccine, who cares? At a certain point, we have to talk about the fatality rate as what is their responsibility? Because if you get a cold, the NFL doesn't make the whole team shut down. Right. If you ca- if even if the whole team, there are periods of time where five or six players would all be out with the flu, puking their guts out. They didn't play because they couldn't play, and the NFL didn't care. And the and the NFL P- Players Association didn't care if they felt good. Different league, same story. Michael Jordan. I didn't follow that. So the same thing, right? Michael Jordan got the flu. Right. Michael Jordan should not play basketball. Michael Jordan goes out and has. The flu game. Like, right. Yeah. Right. You set guys up. for. I see what you're saying. And we're but gonna, I, but I, there has to be a moment where they, they realize that this mystery thing at the beginning, what I, I don't know, was it Ebola? Like, nobody knows. Like, But now when it becomes a clearer picture, I don't understand the NFL having to have such crazy guidelines. The, Stri- not crazy. Excuse me. Strict. They're a lot less strict than they were. They made the changes today. Well, and nobody's told me those changes. I'm waiting. They're coming. It's called a tease. 430. We will jump into that. And the thing, my last thought on it before we grab back, because I know we need to, because Dave Williams is going to connect with us, the deputy director of athletics at UNM. The thing about the changes is you have to do something, but I think you have to do more, because over the course of the entire season, last season, you had less than 300 players test positive for COVID-19 in the NFL. And since Thanksgiving, you've had over 500. Womp, womp. Just crazy. Let's grab a break, Michael. Whenever we get back, we'll take that call from Dave Williams. We'll talk about what's going on at the university. We'll talk about the silver and cherry. Dave and Buster's presents Two Men on Omicron. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we started our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Back on the program. Oh, my bad, Michael. My bad, Michael. That's okay. You didn't step on it. It's just the song stepped on it. I mean, I didn't know you were going to drop the bottom out here before Dave Williams comes in. (laughs) 
All right, so it's the remix to sports here on the Sports Animal. Dave Williams joining us. Uh, for, hey, big celebration here. First time on the program. Friend of the show, Dave. Dave, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on. Doing very well. Uh, Dave is the Deputy Athletic Director uh, for External Affairs over there at the university. And if you got a question, he's got an answer. And I and the friends of the show have a bunch of them. Uh, I guess first and foremost, Dave, uh, what happened today with the with the ladies game? What uh, what was going on with San Jose State? And uh, most importantly, is everyone okay? Yeah, everyone everyone's okay. Thank you for, for asking. And, you know, first of all, I want to apologize to any of our uh, very loyal women's basketball fans who um, who tried to come to the game today and maybe didn't get our messages that we were putting out and showed up and we had to tell them unfortunately face to face that the game was off but we really tried to get it out as much as we could as soon as we found out um, but I, I know there were a few people that uh, that did show up and found out face to face so I apologize to them but so what happened was that early this morning, somewhere around 10 o'clock, uh, we received a phone call that they were having a few uh, student athletes uh, that were showing symptoms. Oh, yeah. And so at, at from San Jose, not, not the UNM uh, student athletes, but the San Jose. And obviously they were in town. They were at their hotel. They had traveled here the day before. Um, and, um, and so they had to, they get those, those three individuals tested. Well, it, it turns out they were, they were positive and San Jose, who is, uh, governed by their County, uh, that they live in has to then define, uh, define the group as a cluster. And as soon as it became a cluster, then their county asked them to test the entire group that they came with. Right. And as soon as they, when they did that, they ended up finding a few more uh, COVID positives, which then brought them below their number uh, for the Mountain West rule, which is seven student athletes and one coach have to be available in order to play. Well, they fell below that number with a number of positive tests that, that they found today. And so at, at that point, right around 1045, we put the wheels in motion to uh, to cancel the game and try to figure out try to figure out uh, what's next. So how does it work, Dave, for those athletes and those coaches? Do they have to spend the next 10 days here in Albuquerque? Are they stuck in a hotel room, or, or does the university figure a way to I don't rent a car? I don't know the answer. Yeah. You can't you can't possibly get back on a plane, can you? Well, no, they can't. And so it happened to us last year uh, to our women's program when we were in Colorado, and we considered all of those options. Um, you you need to isolate. You need to quarantine the positive individuals, and you need to figure out uh, what's next. And what, what's great about the Mountain West is that our, our athletic training staffs really do a great job of working together to help each other. And so what we'll do now is those those – student athletes probably and i don't know i don't want to speak for right. what san jose is going to do but if they are going to have to stay here for for some extra nights and while they quarantine our our athletic training staff will help them and their student athletes to to uh make the mouth make the best of it i mean do you need me to door dash some sadies over there would that <laughs> would, would that help i'll go in the prize closet i'll see what kind of gift certificates we have i feel like we could probably help out if that's yeah. 
takes a village, you know, Dave. Dave. Yeah, it, it does take a village, and that's a great offer. I'll let you know if we need that. <laughs> hey, Dave, how does it work with the rescheduling? And if they can't reschedule, uh, how does it work with the records at the end of the season? It would be tragic to have a one less win than someone else for a game not played. Yeah. You know, it, this has really come up on us quick. Um, three weeks ago, man, we, we fully expected to be able to play all of the games. And now with the, 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 the spread that is happening so fast across the country, it's made us rethink everything. And the, the difference is last year when we knew what to expect, or we knew it was coming, um, the conference schedule was made so that we had some open dates at the end of the schedule where we knew we were going to be able to make up some games. Well, this year we, we, we have a full conference schedule. So there, there aren't very many open dates. And so games like this, like for San Jose women today or our Colorado State game for the men, what we'll do is the athletic directors will get together and we'll try to find a date that works. Um, and we'll, who knows what dates are going to be open in the future because we, we may have some more games canceled. The teams we need to play may have some games canceled. And we'll try to make up games as much as possible. That's why we went from, instead of calling it a forfeit immediately, why we went to declaring it a postponement, and if you can't find the date, then it becomes a no contest. At the end of the conference schedule, when when you know right before we're about to go to the Mountain West tournament in Las Vegas, I'm sure what we're going to have to do is have a system of probably winning percentage. Um, but very honestly, that conversation hasn't happened yet. And if someone has you know if someone has played six more games than than someone else. How do you handle that? And and those are all questions that are going to need to be answered sometime in mid-February. To the degree that you can, based off the university or, or your personal preference, um, how is Lobo Athlete? Is Lobo Athlete healthy? Is Lobo Athlete been able to avoid COVID-19 exposures or, uh, well, or, or positives? Yeah, how much wood can I knock on at this point? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, right now, Excuse me. Um, our women's basketball team had every had every student athlete available to play today. Good. Um, our men's basketball program would have had the same if we would have had to play. Good. Okay. Um, so so overall, we're doing better than most. Well, then um, when do you get an opportunity to give a TED talk to every other university in this country <laughs> to to figure this thing out? Like, how do we get you in front of the NFL? How do we get yeah. it to where? student athlete and and those that support student athlete are making the right decisions yeah you know i don't know what it is maybe we've just gotten lucky maybe we've just haven't uh you know i think two people have done a, a fantastic job um in the leadership shown and, the, and obviously the first person is eddie nunez and the leadership and the discipline that we've shown and and emphasized with our student athletes and coaches and you know we've never had a day go by that where we're not we're not talking about it, and we're not trying to to think about what else we can do to uh, to curb this thing and, and, and within our athletic department. But then our second person is is Bob Waller and our athletic training staff, um, Dr. Veach and the medical team that that helps us out. They uh, they've been just rock stars through the whole thing, and um, and it's it's really a testament to them what we've been able to do so far, and just and just hope uh, hope that it continues. That's the biggest thing.
Friend of the show, David Williams, Deputy, Deputy Athletic Director of External Affairs for the university, joining us. Uh, we're talking a lot about what's going on with the programs and why there are less games today than we thought there would be. Uh, whenever games do return to the pit, you guys, alongside what I'm assuming is a proud sponsor, Southwest Labs, have set up opportunities for Lobo fans, fans of the Cherry and Silver, to come out and receive COVID-19 testing and to know that the environment they're walking into is safe. Can you talk a little bit, Dave, about what the experience is on game day for fan and how much time they should budget to make sure it's at expectation of enjoyment? Well, today was going to be the uh, the first time that I'd be able to actually answer that question without guessing mm-hmm. because it, we, it was going to be the, the trial run of it, the whole, the whole thing, but – yeah, Southwest Labs and us, um, and even backing up a step, you know, the decision was made um, for the safety of the student-athletes and the safety of the fans and the safety of this community. And that's the thing that we've said all along that was a, uh, a necessity, that we're going to, you know, the shining star for us is going to be safety. And so when the decision was made, you know, the, we, we put the wheels into motion and, okay, how can we, what can we do? How can we do this? Um, you know, the, the checking of the vaccination cards was going to be done by or is going to be done by the ROTC program, which did the same process for the state fair this summer. And so we have some people involved that, that know the process and know what they're looking for. And then Southwest Labs, where we have it set up, originally we were thinking about having it be a drive-through location uh, east of the soccer fields in that big open parking lot. But the more we talked to Southwest Labs, the more we found out that it probably needs to be more of a controlled setting and environment uh, for temperature so that you keep the integrity of the tests. Mm-hmm. And so we've now moved it to the north concourse of the pit, the, the fans that need to have a COVID test before the game can enter in the northwest corner, right through that door. They'll check in at a table, hopefully very quickly, and then within 15 minutes of getting that, uh, of actually swabbing, then you should have your result. And so um, A to Z for the testing, we're hoping somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 minutes, but I would allot for, I would allot for maybe a little bit more than that which is also why we're opening up the doors 90 minutes, an extra 30 minutes uh, ahead of the schedule, and why we are uh, starting testing two hours before the game. And so uh, hopefully it'll run smoothly. Uh, Today was going to be the first test, and that was actually um, obviously uh, disappointing that we were not able to do that. And obviously that is targeting uh, youth that have not yet received their COVID-19 vaccine and any individual that uh, is not vaccinated. So that is, yeah. 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 So if you're under 12, you don't need either. You don't, you oh, won't need my mistake. Or, and you won't need the vaccination. So under 12, you can enter. Um, everyone else will have to have a COVID test or be vaccinated and have their card. Fine print, David. I didn't read it, David. Fine, <laughs> fine print. That's on me. Um, obviously, we need to wrap up because we're at the break, David. Uh, anything else we missed? Anything in the world of Lobo Athletics? We want to make sure the friends of the show know before we let you go. Yeah, no, we just really appreciate all the support. You know, the the no one no one ever said this was going to be easy. What they said was it'd be worth it. And with the basketball programs this year, we're we're, we're sure hope that the the uh, this community will continue to support the uh, the programs, even though there's a few extra steps. You know, don't let this stop. 
don't let this stop you from your love for Lobo athletics, your love for Lobo basketball, the love for the pit. All those things are still there. They can still exist. You know, we have, we, we hear both ways. We, we've heard, you know, the far right and the far left have both, have both communicated to us. And we hear all that. All we know is that it's still available for you to support your, your Lobos if, you, if you'd like to. David Williams, the Deputy Athletic Director at the University of New Mexico. Connect with Dave at GoLobos.com. Obviously, he's a good follower on Twitter, too. So I don't know if you guys – yeah, follow Dave on Twitter. Are you, are you still a Lobo deputy? Is that what you are? UNM Lobo yeah. deputy? So, yeah, yep, find, that's it. find Dave on Twitter because he gives you all the updates. Uh, well, in real time. So that's a pretty good thing. Dave, thank you so much. You're welcome, guys. Have a great day. What a good dude. Failed to mention. Oh, go ahead. He has a handsome head of hair. Well, that's not. It's important. It's not entirely Some true. Some of us. It's very important. It's not an entirely true statement. Also, in your interview, if I could correct a tiny thing. Yeah, please. You'd mentioned there were less games today than you'd anticipated. Yes. There are 200% less <laughs> games than we earlier anticipated. Would have been a good doubleheader down at the pit. <laughs> it was an all-day affair. Hey, I'm I'm not one to, like, put it out there like that, but I am one, like, if I can set the standard, I'm calling other schools. And I'm saying, do you do you want to pay me money to fix this? Because you guys need to figure it out. Well, but here's the problem. So they could, and there was rumor that they were going to look at other schools and, like, just, you know, substitute something in there. Like, hey, what's Southern Arizona? Like, put somebody, yeah. like, is somebody available? Let's, right. Because there, to his point, there's not enough time to rebook. But when you do that, Colorado State, who's now ranked 20th, loses a game that they didn't even play. So you want to try to fill it out without having to forfeit and see if you can't reschedule. But like, I just don't know. I just don't know when you can do it. And I thought it was eight uh, players. He said seven players and a coach. Yeah. Which is interesting. The, today I learned. I learned a lot from that interview. <laughs> It's very rare people learn sports information yeah. listening to this show. That's Today's their day. So someone has been reading the social media. <laughs> when we get back from the break, uh, the NFL has changed all the rules on COVID-19 because why? <laughs> We're two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Anthem. Michael, I'm sorry, Michael. I was on the Instagram during the break. Did you see we have a caller? Is that the first one of the year? It's the end of the year. I mean, we've had a lot of callers this year. Sorry, is that the first non-planted caller of the year? All right, this is not a WWE event. We're not putting ch- like people who chant, which is a real thing that works really well. I throw a lot of events. COVID-19 um, is no longer a thing, according to the NFL. So congratulations to Roger Goodell. He you, did it! You defeated the NFL. Keep in mind everything I'm about to say. The NFL is a business. It is not sports. It is not competition. It is not what you believe it to be, friend of the show. The NFL is a business, okay? And you saw that hand like many times over this past weekend when you had five or six starting quarterbacks that you had never heard the name of. You would put guys on the marquee for your product that people had to Google. Sorry, if I may. Please. People didn't have to Google. 
sports fans who have watched dozens and dozens of games had to Google who these people were. Who are these guys? Like, people that watch the NFL draft at home in their skivvies in April had to Google who these people were. And it's not that I don't support that. Because learn as much as you can about the thing you're passionate about. I'm not a big min-max guy. I don't need to know every single aspect of the Matrix universe to know that the last Matrix movie sucked. Oh, what? You're Spoiler welcome. alert! Retroactively, I apologize, Vincent. I missed you on the call log. Friend of the show, Vincent. Welcome to the program. Well, that's all right. Don't, don't worry about it. Uh, no, I was. Uh, no, I mean I agree with you guys. Uh, I, I, you know, Sam Ellinger, I, who is going to be, he may be the most important quarterback this coming weekend. Yes, and I had to, you know. I, I go, I know that name somewhere. I know it, you know, and I thought, oh, yeah, I think that guy played at Texas or something. He may be the most important guy in the most important NFL game this weekend for Indianapolis with, you know, once being an idiot and getting COVID, or at least getting COVID and not getting the vaccination. I mean, let's be honest, you know, but. I mean, you're absolutely right. <laughs> but the NFL, and, and last night, that's a classic example. The NFL doesn't care about anybody. They don't want to. They were never going to move that game, Monday night game. Hey, New Orleans, hey, hey that's tough. You're going to have to, you know, you're gonna, you, you don't have 22 guys. Hey, that's your problem, you know, because they're not going to give up. A Monday night game. They're not going to pay back ESPN, ABC, the money they get. Right, Dodge, that, Ford, Chevy. That is the bottom line. And you said something about the NFL. It is a business. It's strictly a business. And they're going to get through this year. And we're all going to think, okay, great, everything. And you know, because NFL fans. Let's be honest. <laughs> they're addicted. They're addicted. Yeah. They're addicted. I mean, they're, it's like, uh, you know, I have normal friends. You know, you know, do you want to talk to about something in life? No, but we can talk about my fantasy team. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, they know more about their fantasy team than their U.S. senator. I mean, that's really, you know, what this world has come to, or at least this country has come to. That's a conversation we have regularly outside the program, which is who can we connect with outside the world of sports? Because if you want to have a conversation with me, New York Giants fan, about Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm, I'm going to tell you out the gate, not that super interesting. (laughs) Like, I love that you have a passion for your team. That's a big deal to me. What I don't love is that you're not able to carry a conversation about anything else in the world. Because you have to be able to do that. Right. I mean, if you just, you know, if you just go into a Circle K and you, you know, you bump into the guy and say, hey, you know, but instead of just saying, oh, you're a Raider fan, because he's wearing a Raider right. shirt or something. Uh, well, how do you feel about the, you know, anything? You know? You, Jared, <laughs> when, when's the last time you went down to the flea market down there at the racetrack, the horse track? 
Not, not, not that one. Let's do rail, rail yard. All right. Well, that one's not a good example because you would go to the rail yard one. The one at the horse track is only like vendors that are selling like bootleg oh. NFL stuff. That's the whole That's the whole thing. Like the Reardor's gear. Yeah. And the, uh, the New England Patriots. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it's a weird Photoshop of Michael Jackson in a Raiders helmet. And then, and then it's got <laughs> spray paint underneath that's like forever. And you're like, what is this shirt? But someone buys it. I didn't think you were going to say shirt there, and I thought we were going to have to dump you. Yes, well, it's uh, it's edgy airways here. It, 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 uh, this is uh, this is where our country's going. You know, it's like, well, uh, I, you know, well, you know, as long as my fantasy team gets in the playoffs, not don't win it, but I mean, they get in the playoffs. You know, I'm happy. You know, the the, the guy the, can big dog. The thing that gets about being so like a passionate about. Like your team is whenever you lose sight of everything else in your life. Who fantasy team so much? Talk about you to me are also the guy that loves like your baking addiction so much. And you only tell me about what you do in the kitchen, or you're the guy who loves your golf game so much. You tell me about it every time you're on the course. Like you can't just be single laned in your life because that will it'll handicap you against everything else you're trying to do. Do you think single lane is sports or a sport? Well, I think it can be any hobby or interest. I think it can be but the guy that loves all sports and can talk to you. We all know the guy that yeah, we know that has like Mike Vital, Mike friggin' Vital, who yeah. has an FCS take. Yes, like I like passion, and I wish I had the. He's a very good friend of mine, very good friend of the show, Micah Frankel. Micah Frankel can talk to me about. USC fighter who's 1-0 and or 0-1 in his career, and he can give you a trajectory on this guy for the next 10 years. But he can also talk to you about pop culture and current events, and I don't feel a disconnect from him because he has, like, that passion and understanding for that one thing, but he has another walk of life. Now, if you give me the rain man of MMA that can't give you anything else in that world, well, now I'm, now I'm weirded out. Like now, I need I need more from you, because you have to have multi layers as a person. We had a guy on our broadcast team once, and when we things weren't when we weren't busy, you know, mm -hmm. we would ask him. We would literally pull up NFL drafts and ask him, 1998, who went 113th, and within four or five slots, he would he would be you know he would say. Uh, Sam Ellinger. And you're like, ah, idiot. Sam Ellinger went 112th. Yeah. You know, because he was, he could, and he would say it was either A, B, or C, and he was right 90% of the time. I am the guy who says, you know, that uh, the running back out of the Clemson. guy. Yeah. With the face who sometimes does the thing. Because I don't remember your name unless you're memorable. Like, and I'm not trying to say that, like, like if you make it to the NFL, you are up 8% of success that I can't even really explain. And your approach to getting to the NFL, whatever approach you took, you can be Carson Wentz, who grew up in the weird uh, Middle East, Middle West, Midwest of the United States that doesn't believe in medicine, but you've overcome every odd and obstacle in your way to get to the level of success you're at. How can I say forget you? You've done it. But I can absolutely say forget you because you're an idiot. Okay. Not at that one thing you're so hyper-passionate about, though, becoming an NFL quarterback. Okay. No, I'll take that. I will say... To your earlier point about success, what my question would be, what percentage of NFL quarterbacks 
do you think are actually because you're talking about that that hyper success right i would tell you that of the 32 quarterback sure. like actually we've seen 60 or 70 quarterbacks <laughs> yes. this year on a normal year the 34 quarterbacks you see with the two guys that got pulled out there's only eight elite quarterbacks right i would agree eight, eight to 12 sure there's no way tom brady has any thoughts about anything except for what he eats and football. My reaction to that when we get back from the break. Dave and Busters presents Two Men On Live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we started our days at the YMCA Central New Mexico. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Back from the break. Funny enough. Van is out of the office today. So what are you all? Oh, What's that was it. here? So what do you do whenever, like, your best friend and co-host is out of the office? You have your boss in. That's what you do. That is some uh, the pit COVID, COVID protocols. I assume that you asked minimum four, maximum seven people before arriving on me. Speaking of, Rob Portnoy will be joining us at 5 o'clock. That makes a lot more sense. Talk a little bit Rob about Rob had some limited availability is my... I guess. He was at a basketball practice. Uh-huh. So, well, I don't know why they were practicing. They have no game. Uh, well, they're practicing COVID-safe protocol, and they're practicing basketball. <laughs> they're practicing COVID-safe protocols one in the gym at a time. Well. There's like a, there's like a chamber right now, like a, a glass hermetically sealed chamber uh, with a basket and a, like, free throw line. Yeah, it's actually Papa Shot. And they, they're, all, <laughs> they're all separated by nets. <laughs> Do they have them just lined up? Yeah. They have those, like, uh, the stalls. Like uh, like the, when you go people... to Six Flags? Yes. We don't have Six Flags here. Like, whenever you go to... Um, Cliffs? Yeah, Cliffs. I don't think Cliffs yeah. has those. <laughs> so it's Papa Shot, but they're, like, they're all in their own thing, and they're wearing masks, and they're just... That's their, their practice. Correct. Okay. Which I'm a fan of. So I will say, my, my earlier comment about what is the NFL's responsibility to protect players from this, I do think colleges have a different responsibility compared to players so it there's a little bit of a thing right because to be on campus as a collegiate student you have to have the vaccine that's the rule so if you're an athlete you just have to have the vaccine you have to yes the end of it the end of it and then it's like what like how do you limit outside of that and you asked me before the break and i said i would come back to it is what percent of nfl quarterback has a life outside of football because you were talking about the elite of the elite now, you identified elite as the top eight of the at or near 50 guys that are going to throw a pass in the NFL this year. I think that's pretty close. The way I define it is who, like, who's in your top half? Well, and like right now, Ben Roethlisberger is in the bo- like one of the three worst quarterbacks from, he, a, from a passer rating. You mispronounce people. Wow. What did I say? Quarterback. You said quarterback. He's one of the worst people. No, I it didn't misspeak. Okay. He's also has one of the worst quarterback <laughs> ratings of anybody that touched the ball this year. And I would say that this year he is not an elite quarterback, but in a conversation about his career, he's obviously an elite quarterback. I would agree with some of that. That he's not a good person? He's not. Right. Not at all. I don't think I misspoke. I, don't, I think Freud took, a, took the wheel for that comment. I would say the guys who are the best at it, right? So we're talking about your, your Aaron Rodgers is, is, is your Tom Brady's, your Patrick Mahomes is. You want to put Matt Stafford in that conversation for the first year ever? <laughs> the longest tenure, first time on the list. First time, long time. Yeah. 
Hey guys, I know I've been like uh, in the club for a long time, <laughs> but I'm what? looking to get an office position. No, honestly, he's the guy like at a wedding where he's like, Matt, Matt Stafford. I've been in the NFL. I've been in the league for like ten years. Yeah. And they go, No, nah, honestly, are you, it's your rookie year. It's not my rookie. Look at me. I'm I'm forty. Look he, at my face. He then takes one like long step backwards and like does that thing where he flashes his hands in front of his body. He's like, you know, Matt Stafford. You know, always a, always a bridesmaid. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, that's, that's the well, one. that's Stafford. Yeah, we, we thought you were saying Kirk Cousins. I had thought you retired. Good to see you still <laughs> in the league. Sorry. But no. Um, yeah, I say of the top guys. You got to say Kyler Murray. I think the answer is one, and I think it's Tom Brady. Um, I, you got you to say Rodgers. He's got the best quarterback rating this season, and he's dragging a nothing team to a top of the playoffs. Best wide receiver, arguably – one of the best running backs, and his division is hot garbage. His division that, is – I will say that's the best thing going for yes. them is their division. But if, I would have – at the beginning of the season, a guy who looked to be one of the greatest distractions, who turned out to be one of the greatest distractions, but I expected nothing from them. I thought it, I thought it was the end of it. My point is, okay, fine. Let's say Mahomes – let's say three. Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady. None of those guys have a life outside football. You can't be you can't be at that level and have a life outside of this. This is all they do. They go home and they study and they watch film and they do one more rep. And Tom Brady kisses his kids on the lips in a really weird way. And then they go to bed and then he studies more film. And like that, there's no way that guy has a life. He'll have a life six years from now when he retires. There's something to be said about ability too, because that life you're describing of Tom Brady is the exact same life that Trevor Lawrence is living. But Trevor Lawrence doesn't physically have it that way. Trevor Lawrence doesn't have the muscle memory and the repetitions and the quality of individual around him for an NFL team to have success. So I would disagree with that. I think that let's do Tom Brady, Trevor Lawrence. As we always should. I think that the difference from somebody like Tom Brady, and this doesn't apply to Aaron Rodgers, but the reason that Tom Brady's doing it at the age he's doing it is he's out like – they're rapping and he's not done. And he's been that guy. And, and the problem is, is that if you take a day off, there is some other running back who didn't take the day off. Right. There's some other quarterback who didn't take the day off. And I don't know the work ethic of Trevor Lawrence, but I would guess that he is doing. Because the other thing to remember when you're talking about elite athletes, these are people where it came naturally to them. And where they went to high school, they were the best athlete and they didn't have to try. Then they went to college and they were the best athlete and they just had to try a little bit. If you're the guy who had to work for it, as Tom Brady, by the way, had to work for it in the NFL, but I assume that anybody we're mentioning, and maybe it's not Roethlisberger this year, but the, the years where Roethlisberger was hot, he's probably that guy. You can't exist at that level and be the guy who knocked out of practice early or who came in late or who didn't, who, who didn't give it 110% every single moment because somebody else was ready. Yeah. Well, and – and forgive these me. guys got to be boring. Every one of the, I saw Tom Brady drink and dance. He doesn't look like he knows how to do either of those things. Okay, well, the things he does well, he does better than anyone. And I don't know prime numbers, but I think his deal with the devil runs out in 2027. So, is that the seven eight season or the six seven season? Don't know. Go fish. Literally, I have no clue. <laughs> I thought you saw the contract with Satan himself, and yeah. I assumed you you inspected if it was the I would 2026 season into seven. He is a or is it 2027 start? It's got to be 2027. How can he be the best at football, at being married, at being on Saturday Night Live? At oh, not the best at being on Saturday Night Live. Th- how is he not? He's he's 
what are you comparing him to? Other comparing to other athletes, yeah. of which he, uh, by, by the way, Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning thing. Yeah, but The Rock. That's athlete. Okay, we got to. Uh, I feel like we have to take a break and talk about what was happening. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what time it is, but I, like I'm getting uncomfortable and I can't keep this discussion. The Rock is is has always been an actor. The Rock is an athlete since conception. Uh, no, since. He played for the Longhorns, Miami Hurricanes. That's real. Okay. The Rock is not an athlete. Former WWE champion, The Rock. Is yes, and WWE is a performance. Are you going to tell thing. me Bill Goldberg didn't really go 173 and 0 before losing his title at Bass in the Beach against Kevin Nash? You talk. It's, it's inappropriate. The level of concern you have for making sure the WWE gets its own. What I will tell you is, The Rock has always, has been an actor. The reason The Rock was on SNL is not because he's an athlete. The reason Tom Brady's on SNL is because he's an athlete. The Rock is also a great rapper. Okay, I, I will hear that John Cena is possibly better than The Rock. I would agree with that. At what? Well, he was a power lifter. That's not an at. They're not on the show because they're athletes. Peyton Manning wasn't on the show because he used to be an athlete and he turned into an actor and he's had another 30 years of it. You'd have to drop a lot more breadcrumbs before I started following you down this path. Because, I mean, these are these are high-quality athletes. I They're not on the show because they're athletes. Can you do the people's elbow? I mean, I can do it. Does it look the same? And does my soft... Shaky body look the same. Rob Portnoy in about five minutes. Two men on 95.9 FM AM 610. The sports. Man's not here. That bit never gets old. No, it's, it's a good bit. Yes. Joining me on the program is my very best friend in all of radio and director of spoken word here at Cumulus, Jared Hart. And joining him is my very best friend in all of broadcasting, Rob Portnoy. Welcome to the program for like the millionth time. What's going on, Freddie? Happy New Year, buddy. Oh. Hope you had a great Christmas. Right. Great talking to you. So I like how you hit both of those, Rob, because we just had this conversation off air. What is the appropriate verbiage for this weird week between Christmas and New Year's? Is it Merry Christmas still? Is it Happy New Year? Like, do you jump between, like, the really niche holidays, or do you do you have a go-to? I think you can still refer to both, and uh, there is no wrong answer. I mean, that's classic toe-the-line Rob Portnoy noise right there. That's how you become the voice of a university system. <laughs> Actually, and I've always been a happy Honda Days guy and cover of everything. Oh, very smart. Right. Yeah, Honda Days, how you sell cars to your wife without telling her in Christmas commercials and then surprise her on the driveway. Yeah, there's nothing better than making the second largest financial decision <laughs> of your life and not telling the other person about it. Rob Portnoy will be spending his New Year's in Reno, Nevada, the city that never sleeps. Maybe. Sort of. Rob, what's going on with the team, and, and what's going on with COVID-19 as it surrounds basketball right now? I will answer that, but since you just talked about pitches with Happy Honda Days, can I say my favorite pitch woman of this holiday season was Kate McKinnon? I loved her commercials. I am totally infatuated with her. I've had TiVo since 99, so I haven't seen a commercial in a long time. What was she doing that jumped out? Uh, she was selling the, the fabulous wireless. red uh, pantsuit that she was wearing, and she's hilarious, and she's she was pitching funny. cell phones, and I just think she's a superstar. That's all. I, I mean, she's very funny. There's no I accept that. Yeah. And actually, how is Rob Portnoy available to be on with you right now 
Like, in oh, what, right, because the whole thing got canceled and he's got nothing to do tonight. Everything got canceled. His whole Rob. schedule got opened up. How are like? How are you even dealing with it? Like, are, it, do you just? Is it minute to minute? Is it second to second? Like, are you direct? Like the Batman red phone to the front office at UNM? <laughs> like, how do you how do you get all these updates? I was actually at Lobo men's basketball practice today. Um, they were planning to practice in the Davalos Center, you know, adjacent to the pit as the oh. women were on court playing their game. We know what happened to that. Um, but the practice in the Davalos did go on, and it was their first workout since everybody got back from their little holiday. And they looked great. And everybody was on court, which is awesome. And, uh, you know, I just got an itinerary for Reno on New Year's Eve day, and we're going to play a basketball game, God willing, on uh, Saturday. So whenever everyone gets back from holiday, what is the process? They have to Do they have to isolate? Is it a test? Are they just business as usual because they all have a vaccination status? What is, what is it like for student-athlete to come back from family and friends? Well, obviously everybody was clean because everybody was on the court today, and that's fantastic. The Lobos had their full complement of players, and the biggest thing is getting back in shape. I mean, today's practice was light by comparison to what it will be, you know, two days from now in preparation for a game on Saturday. And uh, But they did, you know, mix in a little bit of five-on-five. Five. It wasn't really full court, uh, but it was pretty intense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, that's what it looks like. Uh, not everybody left town. I think four guys stayed in town, uh, distance and, and things like that. Um, the plans were to obviously play a game today, so it didn't make sense for them to go home, uh, see Swedish sensation Sebastian Forsling as, uh, you know, exhibit A there. So, yeah, uh, they practiced today instead of playing, and it went really well. Big win over Norfolk Stake, but aside from that, a couple losses for New Mexico as of recent. How's the fellowship amongst the boys? They they keeping it together well? They learning and growing? I know there were some roster moves. What's the energy around the team? Uh, outstanding. I mean, uh, fantastic today. And uh, obviously you can get cliche with that stuff, but um, I think that the team is, is galvanizing. I mean, seriously, it, it looks really, really good. Um, the energy is excellent. Uh, the workouts that I've been at recently have been just top-notch. And, uh, you know, I think what Coach Patino said after the win over Norfolk State is true. At some you know, point along the way, you've got to win a grinder. You have to do the things that don't show up really pretty in the box score to win a game, and the Lobos did that. You know, a game that they, they led comfortably in the first half, let the lead get away. It was a two-point game. Coach Patino called a timeout. They ran a good set. They got a good shot. They scored, and then they kind of never looked back. I think they closed the game on a 14-2 to run. So it was uh, exactly what you would have wanted um, to go into the break and get re-energized, and, and now we're excited for conference play. I mean, it was supposed to start tonight. Who knows if the Lobos will ever see that game. Um, we all know sort of what happened with the Mountain West protocols and, and things like that regarding how they would handle games that had to be postponed um they're taking care of the team that's at the top of the conference and you can understand why they would want to do that so 
Um, the Lobos will open in Reno this weekend. The Wolfpack are, I think, 6-4 and four on the season, Rob. I think it's a pretty good barometer measuring stick, if you would, for the Lobos. A uh, big win in conference to start would be, well, kind of like my expectation, but I don't want to say it as if I'm just like only a Cherry and Silver fan. Is it the expectation of the of the Mountain West and the Lobos to, to get a W on the road, or does it look to be more hard-fought than I might be seeing? Oh, it would be a phenomenal road win if they could get it. Um, there's, I, I don't think the Lobos will be an underdog. There's no question about that. Uh, we'll see what the line uh, opens uh, at. And, and there's no doubt that it would be uh, an upset if UNM goes in and, and beats this team on the road to start the conference season. It uh, definitely can happen, but the Lobos will not be favored. Um, the, Grant Shurfield is one of the best guards, not just in the conference, but in the country. And he's going to be a tough man to stay in front of. Um, but we'll see some pressure defense as well from Nevada and obviously cannot wait to get the first win um, against, you know, the old coach, too. There's that. So um, lots going on this weekend in addition, you know, in addition to celebrating the turnover of the calendar. Um, it would be a phenomenal road win to start the year, to say the least. Rob, uh, what was the success for this team this year? Um, it seems like winning the conference maybe – uh, especially with Colorado State's this hot or Wyoming stays hot, might be out of reach. But uh, what's a realistic win uh, for the team at the end of the season? Oh, Jared, I, I okay. So I, I don't want to be overly conservative, and, and, and I also don't want to, um, you know, put too too low a ceiling on what UNM can accomplish this season. It, yeah, winning the league that would be an off the chart result. Um, maybe not realistic this season. But there, I have no doubt that New Mexico is going to get a couple of victories at home over teams that are going to come in thinking they're better than UNM. And by that I mean, you know, the Lobos are going to get a win against a Utah State, against a San Diego State, against a Colorado State, against, a, you know, pick a team out of the top half of the league and bring them into the pit. The Lobos are going to get a couple of those. I think New Mexico will win a good chunk of the games they're supposed to win. And I'm hanging my head on this, too. At some point along the way, this conference season, over 18 games, UNM will shock somebody on the road. It's going to happen once before the year's over. This team is good enough to do that. Is it a, a, a 500 conference schedule? That's fair. Is it above 500? That's definitely attainable. I, I don't see why... Uh, 10 and 8 is being too optimistic, something like that. Um, so anyway, uh, you, you obviously put me on the spot. Can the Lobos win the league? That's one possible outcome if you threw it into the computer and, and you know, it spit out potential results. Is it one of the likely ones? Probably not. Rob, when you're covering the team and you're traveling with the team in this COVID world, uh, what are some of the safety precautions that the Lobos are taking to make sure they're inside the Lobo bubble? Why is UNM be able to, knock on wood, escape some of the other issues that have haunted some other teams in the Mountain West? Well, uh, I'll be finding that out along with everybody else. This is my first trip with New Mexico this season. I know that's crazy um, to think that we've gotten this far into the schedule, but because of four games that overlapped with the football schedule. I have not taken a road trip with men's basketball yet this year. So this weekend will be my first one. Um, we'll see if it's anything like what was done during football. Um, it's going to be really tight. And uh, I have total confidence that 
the Lobos can continue to have the good fortune with regard to the virus that they have. Um, here's the thing. This season, as, as you know, we know, is, is different because of vaccination status, right, and the resulting quarantine and isolation that follow that. It's different, you know, back last season when there wasn't a vaccine. So things are going to be interesting. I am excited to see how this year goes. I haven't traveled with the Lobo men's basketball team since two seasons ago. So um, I'm knocking on wood. You know, talked with the coaches today. They're knocking on wood. Right now we're scheduled to get on a plane and go to Reno and play a game on Saturday, January 1st. And you just take it, like you said when we first started the conversation, one game to the next in terms of getting through the schedule. The Lobos made it through their entire non-league schedule without a postponement or cancellation. That's pretty impressive. Rob Portnoy, voice of the Lobos, joining us. And we're talking about the men's basketball program and everything that relates to the men's basketball program. We talked about the team. We talked about the health. We talked about the upcoming games and a little bit about the fellowship. What are we missing, Rob? What is the thing that friend of the show and Lobo fan maybe isn't seeing that's going on with this program that could excite them? Oh, it's it's a culture shift. Yeah. I mean, without a, without a doubt, uh, if – if fans could see on a day-to-day basis what we see in the way that this team is coached from one hour to the next, uh, from one practice to the next, from one week to the next, it's a transformation. It's just the beginning. That's definitely cliche, but it's reality. And the Lobos aren't ready to, ready to win the league just yet. But there is no doubt in my mind that with the direction that the program is going and with what I see on a daily basis within the program, that that will happen, and it will happen soon. Kind of my last thought on that, just to piggyback, is you you and I were doing um, the National Signing Day, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, holiday time, doesn't really matter. But we were doing that, and and Coach – Gonzalez is out with the football program. He's talking about all the signees. But the amount of questions from, like, the fans of the Lobos in attendance and the friends of the show that came out for our program and then your program talking about the basketball program and Coach Gonzalez able to be, like, excited about other sports at UNM. Have you noticed that kind of crossover between programs? And how has that benefited the student-athlete? Oh, man, it's a great observation, Fred. I've never seen it like this. I mean, I've been, you know, with the – the athletic department now um, almost a decade, and this is the best that that has been that I can remember, and it's not even close in terms of the uh, the interaction between the different programs within the department. Uh, saw an extended conversation today in the Davalos Center as the Lobo, you know, players are are getting loose for practice. An extended conversation between. Coaches Bradbury and Patino. These kinds of things, there was a, an era in Lobo Athletics where the Davalos and the Toe Diem didn't get along, and you can't have that. Um, obviously, we are there, and it starts with Eddie Nunez and the entire culture that he's created in the department, the hires that he has made, the quality of people that they are across the board, across the entire spectrum of sports. It's unlike anything that we've seen in a long time, uh, the trajectory is exciting. Rob Portnoy at 
Rob Talks Lobos on the Twitter. And just in case anyone was wondering, Melania Van Trubb plays Lily Adams, the AT&T girl. And I think that's my favorite commercial spokesperson is the AT&T girl. <laughs> I know exactly about <laughs> whom you speak. And uh, she has her own charm as well. There you go. Rob Portnoy, everyone. Thank you, friend. It's great being with you guys. If you want, she was in a movie recently. Uh, please direct link me that to wherever it is. <laughs> so, the Werewolves Within or The Werewolves Among Us, a comedy? What is that? Uh, I, I believe it's a movie about werewolves. I reached out to Melania Van Traub maybe five or six years ago because she was doing AT&T. She was doing McDonald's and another commercial at the same time. So she was on every commercial break. And I reached out to her agency and I was like, hey, I want to have her on and like talk about like commercial acting. And they were like, cool, it's going to be like $1,000 like appearance fee. And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll just catch her another time. Cause I bet it's more than 1000 now. Not going to pay that. Not going to do it. Let's grab a break when we get back. Uh, break down a little bit what Rob brought to us. And obviously, uh, we still have not got to those changes in the NFL COVID protocol. And we will next. Dave and Buster's presents Two Men On, live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA Central New Mexico. It's 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Ten minutes from the bottom of the hour. Do people still call it the bottom of the hour? You should not. Right. It's changed, right? No, it's the bottom of the hour. Does Nobody knows what that means. No one knows. It used to be when the hands were at the bottom. Were, but no one. Right. And actually, in... Many people, when you ask them what the bottom of the hour is, they think it means like 5.55, like as the hour is running out. Yeah. It's a confusing thing. Well, I would also say, why not say, joining us at 5.30, that's a specific time that I think I can manage. I'm a fan of that verbiage. Joining me at 6, Rob Portnoy. He's not coming back, actually. No, no, he's not. Joining me retroactively at 5, Rob Portnoy. I think that delivers the message better. The morning host and I have had uh, disagreements. He's brought it up on the air. Oh, they br- oh it's, I didn't know this was a well, bit. <laughs> no, it, it, it's their bit, but it's also because if you've been doing this for you know 10 or 15 years, you say it a lot. And, and you it, used it takes to. a while to break the habit, yeah. So I am in year, this is going to sound crazy, 19, which is crazy. Now, not, not, 20, not 2021. You're in 2019? 19th year Us. of professional microphone work. Your definition of professional being? The very first broadcast I ever did was a high school football game in 2003. So whatever that makes this year. Next year is 19. That's crazy, right? Good for you. So with that said, when I started, I feel like it was still, I guess there was digital. I do feel like there were still analog clocks like in. In studio? Yeah, I think. Uh, So the problem more is. I don't really know. It's like fuzzy to me now. Kids these days with their their rock and roll music. Yeah. they're, They're. Digital phones. The hip and the hippity hoppity. Tucka, tucka, tucka. Yeah. Um, which that's a 25 year old reference to Austin Powers. Um, so they, it's just people, the problem is that it's, if you ask somebody, do you know what Battle of the Hour means? They say, well, of course I do. Who, they, who, who would, who would yeah. like to admit that they don't know? But if you ask people, what time is the bottom of the hour of the five o'clock hour, uh, people under 40, 60 or 70% of them think it means the last few minutes before the hour runs out because they don't, yeah, they don't think of the hands of the clock because they think of their cell phone for time. I have a individual in my life who's a young man. He's very nice. And I have, um, what's that called? Well, you said that it, it, it sounds as though something else untoward is happening. Like in, in what sense? 
There's a young man in my life. Yes. Okay. Well, who I'm a role model to. That's a much better description. Thank you. And uh, and I was I was walking through a parking lot one day, and he was in his car. And as I was walking towards him to talk to him, I did the motion with my hand of the sideways crank down the window move so that he would roll down his window. But he's never lived in a world where he had hand-cranked windows in his car. And he throws both palms up to the air like the what emoji? <laughs> I don't know. And I have to say, like, I have to lip roll the window down so that he knows. You didn't do the finger down does that not read i don't like well, like what i don't know what, i don't know what you would do contextually i wasn't in a place and i'm a pretty quick-witted guy to come up with the response i was in i was like in awe that he didn't understand the what i thought to be the universal roll the window down motion i saw one that was a tweet of somebody's child asking about the hang the phone up sort of the hang loose thumb I do it all the time. Out yeah. For call me. And the kid was like, what? It was like, phone. It was like, why is that a phone? Yeah, why is thumb... why wouldn't it be Why wouldn't it be like the stop motion up to your ear, how people, you know, hold a cell phone? So to like, kids. They didn't understand. No, because to kids, a phone is paper from rock, paper, scissors. But to yeah. us. Before, before the cover. Yeah. Right. But to us, it's hang 10. From Surf Ninjas. But, not that we, I mean, we use those phones, but we didn't, we've lived in a world where that still communicates. Like, I think of it more like the choking symbol. That's universal. I, I just mean, you whether you've choked to death or not, that symbol means something. I would agree. So why doesn't phone continue to... I'm glad you put down this uh, two men on rundown for me to then <laughs> ignore. Entire. I'm glad that I read the prep in preparation. I'm going to this. tweet the rundown for today's show. Everything is at TalkABQ. Check us out wherever you check out things that you check out on social media outlets. Um, but the rundown today, we're a little bit off. There, that's a fair descriptor. So there was a, a one floating around on the interwebs sure. a couple weeks ago that was someone on Reddit that said, maybe it's just Gen Z in me but how did people burn cds like how did you just get a blank cd and put songs on it yes and the reddit response was i've never done this but i think they just put a cd in a computer and the computer told it what songs to put on but i'm not 100 percent sure and if that doesn't make you feel nine thousand years old michael the hustle for me in high school was i would buy the pack of 16 burnable cds writable cds and then I would get a list of songs for my friends that did not have Napster, and then I would sell them. Oh, you were CDs. making you were you were the problem. Yeah, I was selling it. Is why the feds shut us all down. I was the hustle kid. And now on streaming services, the Napster streamer, which I don't know if you guys use, I'm a Spotify guy myself. But the the thing that's killing radio, Napster pays more per song play than any other digital streamer. Well, they they owe them back for yeah, a few. Got to get you on the flip side Ill, of that. Thing. Sorry we did you so dirty for so long. Now, I will say I didn't understand the rewritable CD. I still don't understand how that works. To do it twice? Because it was it only twice? Oh, I don't know. I think you could reformat them, so I think it was infinity times. How did the laser 
etch the thing and then re-etch it. That didn't make sense to me. Well, if you're talking to me about computers, uh, magic is always my answer. It's fair. Uh, the response that I loved on that Reddit thread was, I think, and I'm too old for this, but I think you basically put a blank disc in the CD drive of the computer and you would add songs to the disc. I guess it would be like how you would add songs to a USB drive. From the texter. People figuring it out. <laughs> from the texter, I've done the hand cranking window motion and they thought it was a fishing reel. <laughs> <laughs> Contextually, it makes more sense. 505-246, text the boys, we will text you. Uh, a little bit of a loose one today with Van on holiday, Jared Hart. I have hot sports takes, I'm just not allowed to do them. It's a sports adjacent program. Adjacent adjacent program. And everyone is aware, okay, so now, all right, every social media outlet's going crazy now. That's the thing, when you jump off sports for two minutes, it's like sports fan is thirsty for everything that's not sports. Oh, this one's actually... Okay, so this one's actually kind of a sad breaking news. Um, although I've not confirmed this, this is from Stephanie Griffin, who produces here at the station. John Madden passed away today. I did see a bunch of John Madden over your shoulder there. So there you go. Um, oh, that's a bummer. So we're going to – let's put a little bit more look into that, and then after the break we'll come back and talk about that at a little bit of length. Is Can I, And I'll tell my John Madden story. Yeah, this was that all right? published eight minutes ago uh, and brought to us by Stephanie Griffin. Uh, I tell you, you get the best staff here, Jared. We got we got researchers galore. Thank you to Stephanie. Ooh, that's a bummer. Well, part of the business. We'll we'll talk about John Madden when we get back. We're two men on 95.9 FM AM 610. The Sports Animal. Uh, back on the program. We're downshifting for a second. So, director of spoken word here at the station, Jared Hart, has been joining me as Van Nunley is on assignment. Okay, so this just came across everything, and I have the TMZ article right here. NFL legend John Madden uh, has passed away today. 85 years old. NFL coaching and broadcasting legend, also the namesake of Madden the video game, has passed. Ooh, that's kind of a sad one, right? So, I love not just the impressions of John Madden or the video game of John Madden. I love broad coaches and broadcasters. So I like Bill Cowher, right? Sure. Enjoy watching him. I enjoy his perspective. He's strong. a smart guy. Made a lot of good teams. Strong jaw. Does it? Very strong jaw. Yeah. He doesn't seem like if I had 30 minutes with him that he would enjoy my company. Oh, I agree. John Madden yes. always seemed like he ha has – okay. So I I worked for the Oakland Raiders for three seasons. That's correct. 2010 to 2013. And then they left town because of you. I don't believe the two events to be related, but I have no evidence to contradict <laughs> it. Uh, I – we used to produce a feature that would we would interview old players about specific games and specific plays and coaches and all sorts of things. You know, Super Bowl loss in 2000, Super Bowl wins, Heidi game, Immaculate Reception, all that stuff. And so I interviewed John Madden. Right. And he was in a studio from ESPN that they put him somewhere and did a connection. So I can't see him, but he's on with me. Okay. And they said, you have 20 minutes. And I was like, okay. And I asked the first question. And his, waited. his answer is 20 minutes. <laughs> yes. And I asked the second question, 
and my phone starts exploding with just numbers from all New York numbers from anywhere you can think of, of saying, we told you 20 minutes. Why are you still talking to him? And I took one of the calls because John's answers are quite long. Yes. Coach Madden's. And those, and I, and the guy said, you got to get rid of him. And I said, he, he's only answered two questions. And he said, this is why we told you 20 minutes. I didn't tell you 20 minutes because it's all the time he had. I told you 20 minutes. So you would only ask questions for 20 minutes. And I said, all right, I'll wrap it up now. And I continue to ask him all the questions I want. <laughs> and the interview runs just north of two hours and 10 minutes. Oh, I love that. Of just, and actually he did at one point, he obviously had to go. Mm -hmm. And I said, one more question, coach, one more question. Yeah. And I asked him four more questions. <laughs> and just his blatant, like just, the, he's very matter of fact about, I mean, it was just, fascinating i even asked him about his inability to travel and where the team would be and and he's very open with those things but he also seems lovable and that's one thing that very very few people joe buck worst sports broadcaster of all time saintly joe buck yes that's the one doesn't seem like he, if he seems like if he got stuck having a beer with me it would be the the worst thing that happened to him that week. So, like, as a guy who's drank a beer with Joe Buck, I would agree with you completely. He would hate <laughs> the whole time. He, he just would, wants once out of yeah. there. He, that's he, not what John Madden exudes, and that's a very difficult thing to fake and a very difficult thing to have, and not many people have it. I'll tell you what's interesting, like, when um, like when your heroes pass away. And by heroes, you can kind of put that in whatever definition you want. But I'm going to say, like, the voices of the things that impact me as a kid, right? So when I was growing up watching – NFL football. John Madden was the voice of NML, NFL football. Him and uh, Pat. Um, oh, it's on tip of my tongue. The punter. Pat Summerall. Thank you, Pat. He Summerall. was a kicker. Yeah. So for the Giants. Kicker punter. It, I mean, it's one and the same, right? That's what Nick, the only guy using his foot. Like yeah, you know, Ray guy, whatever. So the so John Madden was the voice of football for me. That's like Mike Tanay with like like pro wrestling or Gorilla Monsoon or Jack Buck because I grew up in St. Louis for baseball. There are some guys that I just associate that sound with it. And it becomes it's like a disembodied voice. You know, it's like it's like this is the thing that is your form of entertainment, your what you're enjoying. By the way, the video game. I've bought every I'm 37 years old. I bought every Madden game since 93. Yeah, you should do every other. <laughs> You're really wasting money. Well, I just I got a I got an addiction. I got apparently. Yeah, I got to be able to beat up on my boys, and and that's the thing that like here at the end of the, and by the way, how nice to make it to the point. And a lot of people this happens around holidays, you know. But to be able to make it past like certain points like that, like his, he just had a nice documentary come out on Fox. I don't know if you caught that this no. past weekend. But I think it's how. Sorry, somebody told me it was running, and I and I, I just missed it. Yeah, well, I'm sure it'll run multiple a lot times. now. Yeah, yeah. but. The thing that is, because he can be identified in so many different ways. Do you identify him as a football player? Do you identify him as a coach, a broadcaster, a revolutionary in video games? Do you? So how did, did I need to figure out and do some research on how that came to be? Did he just lend his name to it, or did he was did he believe in it and understand you know the power of NBA Jam and things like that? Because if he did, if he's not just a popular name, if he helped kind of push that into the forefront, what an incredible foresight! Into, into how people were going to interact with sports in the next 30 years? I think he was just a branded name because Madden originally wasn't able to use players. Players. Yeah, correct. Yeah. It was number 22. Correct. Who, who 
It was Doug Flutie. Yeah, it, who in, in like in eight bit looked resembling you know a bit of that guy, but yeah. And the the thing wherever they brought in, and it was I think it was Electronic Arts at the time or Tiburon or whoever. But whenever they brought in John Madden to put his name on it, they just it was like his voice over the top of it. And I don't think like in the first year '88 or whatever that it was that because it was still. Burp, 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 burp. But whenever they could start doing that, that's when they made the change. And that happened in 93. So before that, it was like whatever, the gridiron, whatever with John Madden. But after that, it was just Madden. Like now yeah, it's Madden. It's just Madden. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Like I get it. And he retired from broadcasting what? 2009? That's off the top of my head. So something I will tell you about that. Uh, when I was working for the Raiders, we were working for CBS Radio. Correct. He did a daily hit with their all-news radio station at 7.40 in the morning, and they'd replay it at, like, 11.40, where he would comment on whatever, Olympics or mm -hmm. whatever happened last night, the NBA playoffs, yada, yada. And the last, so the, the four or five years I lived out there, they used to do, you want to talk about the coolest contest I've ever been around. You could submit to watch the game on the armchair next to Madden. Oh, in how his, cool. In his home in... I think he lived north, like in Napa-ish. And you would watch the game with him. It was sponsored by a beer company. We had food that came out. Two or three people from the station went out. And uh, Madden had a couple people. But it was you two on a couch, or on uh, each armchair, and then there was a couch behind them. And now those are all the people that were allowed in there. And we did that every single year. And sadly, never got invited. <laughs> Imagine, you could tell the stroke I had at the organization that I was never a part of that. But what a cool, what a cool guy to do an event that you let. No offense to you, humble listener and friend of the show. Yeah, I don't know how many of you I want in my house, and I'm not famous and or rich. Correct at all. <laughs> I I don't have Lombardi trophies lying around the board. No. and I'm not sure how many people that I don't I've never met who are willing to enter an online contest enough to win it because it's probably not just the one entry. You got to do that every day to get your daily entry. But he he was always cool with it. He was the coolest, chill guy in the. And again, I, I'd only spoken to him over a radio connection and on the phone one other time. The, what a cool guy. Well, and and there is something to say about the, the, being accessible to, like those that put you in a spot of fandom. You know, because like you and I are friends. We are friends outside of this program. You've never been to my home. Thank goodness. Yeah, and I would never have you in my home. I would never have Michael Vital in my home. Hey. Because I like I don't possess that type of like personality, like like Fred on air and Fred off air are two different things, and I don't need you guys in my house. They're not that different. They're <laughs> they're just a little different. One of they're them negligibly different. One of them is real misogynistic, and you can figure out which one that is. I'm interested to find out which one that is. Uh, a lot of nice things coming in over the texture about John Madden. So that's. Uh, Yes, I agree. Sad day. Uh, we'll have a couple of minutes when we get back from the break. I want to put just a little bit more into John Madden, talking about how we identify, uh, well, his impact not just in the game, but kind of socially and kind of like, well, in the, the cosmos that is sports and sports adjacency. It's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. How do you the not remember Joe Montana football for Sega Genesis? Uh, I was seven. That's the exact age you would be playing a Sega Genesis. From the texter, and forgive me, I, I didn't I didn't serve in the military. I don't I don't know all these words, but I'm going to try here. 
1984 stationed at RAF Middle Hall. I would go to the BX and pay $25 per CD. It worked perfect every time. Oh, okay. That's in England. As I said, that's the Royal Air Force, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um, well, we have listeners apparently uh, from not just the United States, but the United Kingdom. So that's right. If you had told me someone was going to make a military reference about their time in the Royal Air Force today, I might have lost that bet. Today I learned there was an Air Force that was royal. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. That the Navy I knew. That there was a Royal Navy? Yeah, I knew that. Where would the RAF be? In the air? Like, but where do you go? Like, you're just like a little island. Like, where do you fly to? They have to fly. There's not enough room for them in there. You they have, have to be up in the air. You have the Navy. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta have it all. Maybe. Who's I'm, flying sorties? You gotta fly some sorties. What's a sortie? That's what they flew in World War II. <laughs> it's like a... Like a Messerschmitt or something? I wish that I knew any more than I have just exhausted... <laughs> About what a sortie is. What's a P-51 Mustang? Why do I know that as a world I don't know, because Harrison Ford tries to murder himself in it every year. Every time you hear Harrison Ford crash something, it's probably a P-51 Mustang. Oh, is it? Yeah, I mean, almost always. Is that also, is that a Ford thing? It probably is. That's a different Mustang. Oh, it is? Yeah, I mean. Okay. I mean, it's basically the same thing in that, like, I'm sure it's the same engine size and the same pollution it's emitting into the atmosphere. No, it's not true. Well, BMW was a plane thing for a while. And yeah. then it was a car thing, and I don't think they're planes anymore. Correct. Actually, they weren't allowed to as part of after World War II. Oh, yeah. They got, Oops. They got the raw end on that one. Hold on. Hey, had it coming. Got to pick the winners. Yep. <laughs> All right, I got some numbers here. So I, when you mentioned John Madden to me, I think of the video game first because that's how I grew up. Okay. I, was, I grew up in the Madden hustle. That was my thing. In, did I tell you this, Vital? In college – I would go down to the union building, the Cub, the Compton Union building when I was at Washington State, and I would hustle kids for 20 bucks for Madden games, like in the community center. So it would be, I would sit down and I would just like be a struggling with Madden. Oh, you like <laughs> slow played him the whole bit? Oh my God, the whole thing. Like Minnesota Fats of Madden over wow. here? Yes. Oh my. And then, but it, <laughs> oh, how do I change players? Hold on, hold on. Literally. And then, I, so, but also this. You couldn't go at the same times every day because you'd get you yeah, you get ID kids yeah yeah you, you're, yeah so I had to like jump around it was a twenty four hour union building so I would go at like weird hours and I make up like a hundred bucks on a day and I'd be like this is a good day I just I won five Madden games I got twenty bucks a pop here it's a real thing in my life and on top of that I know I'm about to go down a little bit of a path I didn't mean to um, when I would do it I would like. I would just be the worst person you've ever met. I would I would be like I would beat you real bad and be like, "Oh, beginner's luck." <laughs> I feel like want to go again. Double or nothing. I'm sure it won't happen twice. I'm, I I would have imagined that you would have, could have exhausted all of the kids and then moved on to smaller community colleges around your college. <laughs> well, go to Walla Walla. Yeah, to try yeah. to like mop up some weekend dough. Is that not what happened? No, I totally forgot all about that. Ah, you and, missed out. You had to, so you had to check your ID to get a uh, to get the controller to play the Xbox or whatever. Yeah. And by the way, I couldn't play PlayStation; I was an Xbox guy. And that's funny. Xbox never made any sense to me. Th- I'm, it's, I got, I can literally feel my hands in the Madden position, like as I'm sitting in front yeah. of you, because you don't hold it traditionally. And so, anyways, the little counter girl would be like, "You again?" <laughs> I'd be like, "Yeah, that's that's your boy." I just 
need to make 20 bucks. I Oh, my God. Vital. A kid didn't have 20 bucks one time. So I bet him 40 bucks on his P card to the Panda Express. Because your student union card, you could charge restaurants. And I had, so I, I, that was like my big haul. was a $40 haul. Anyways, John You're Madden. a shakedown artist. No, I, I was a kid. I was a little baby. Uh, by the way, go Cougars. So uh, $150 million was the deal. John Madden signed with EA to use his likeness in perpetuity. Perpetuity, Michael, means uh, forever, ever. Do you think they – I mean, they have to continue. Uh, his estate, I would assume. I mean, no, I mean, I, I assume the game would like it. Him being, I don't think him being deceased or alive probably changes it. Like Madden is Madden. Well, he so he's married. So I believe his wife's name is Virginia, and I would imagine. But I would imagine Madden. No, I just is mean, like, I think everybody probably still would like it to continue. Oh, I would agree. Yeah, you're not going to change it. Must uh, be Brady. Well, you'd have to go with the next best broadcaster, and you don't want to call it Buck. So, like, what do you do? We went from that's the next best. That's the next best broadcaster here for for football. Yeah. For okay. It's not my space. I'm just visiting. Hey, is the Madden curse still alive? I believe yes. Interesting. What's the last? When's the last time you heard of Peyton Hillis? What? Yeah. There's lots of terrible quarterbacks I've never heard of this year. He was a running back. <laughs> so you worked with the Raiders. You you like you've had conversations with John Madden. You've been around the world. You consider him a coach, or you consider him a video game? So my first broadcaster. Thought, so I think of him first as a coach, but my first thought is a mad TV uh, impression of him. The minute you say John Madden, the first thing I think of. With Will Sasso? Is that who that? No, it's not Will Sasso. It's Frank. Oh, Frank. Algaria? Uh, no, that's a different Frank. I know who you're talking yeah. about. Um, yeah, so that, that's my Frank first Frank Caliendo. Caliendo is my first immediate Madden thought. But uh, for me, he's, because I never, th- I don't think of him as Monday Night Football the same way. Like, he, for me, was always Raiders coach. Who He just did lots of – I guess, as a kid, I never figured out that he was on Monday nights. Yeah. I just, he was just – he was on sometimes. He wasn't on sometimes. I don't think I understood the schedule of ownership of games on on television and radio. So I think Al Michaels was my Monday nights guy, but Pat and John were the Fox guys. But here, Al Michaels is another great example. I never figured out that Al Michaels was always on a specific game. Oh, I never processed yep. that this is Monday and that's Sunday. And, you know, I guess I, I, I didn't really grow up with Thursday or we were poor and didn't have the NFL network. I'm not sure what it was. I don't know when even when Maybe it a little of both. But I didn't understand the CBS guys versus the Fox guys versus the Monday Night guys. I just – just guys did games. I don't know. The passing of John Madden today. A uh, sad day uh, for the Oakland Raiders. A sad day for NFL football. And I'm not going to say – John Madden was like an inspiration of my broadcasting career. He wasn't, but he was absolutely an inspiration of my. I really like to play video games, and I that's the game I played the most. Played so much Madden. Rest in peace, John Madden. Six o'clock, whenever we get back, we're going to wrap this thing up the last hour, or at least I am. I'm not sure what Jared's doing. He's living his own life. Two men on 95.9 FM, AM 610. The Sports Animal. Six o'clock. If you're working this week, you probably just got out of the office. Welcome to the program. Also, if you're working this week, I feel like that's like a severe minority of people. Or maybe I'm just at like a professional point in my late 30s life where I don't have like friends and family and colleagues that have to work this week. Like I feel it's just us three. Van's not here. Jared Hart joining us on the program. Thank you for having me. 
Jared Hart, the director of Spoken Word, here for the AM side at Cumulus for the Cluster. Often can be heard on KKOB telling you why you are wrong about your personal opinion. Interesting take. <laughs> That's what makes it talk radio. It's not interesting to tell somebody that they they could be wrong and I could be right. Uh, there's a lot of science and fact and medicine out there that says this thing. And then somebody will say, no, I just, there's, I don't believe that. You'll say, okay. There's a movie about it. It's yeah. called Don't Look Up. You were talking to me about Don't Look Up. I'm going to check it out. Great. It's Adam McKay's newest film. He's very funny. Starring Leonardo DiCaprio, who does a great job, quite Br- funny. He's brilliant. And uh, Jennifer Lawrence, who I haven't seen for a while. I think she was stopping to have some, have a family. She is low on the list for me. I haven't seen a Jennifer Lawrence thing, and I'm like, that's a really good thing. Okay. I thought Hunger Games sucked. It did. I didn't care for her in the X-Men stuff because I didn't think it was like, I think it, I thought it could have been anyone. Yeah, I think that character is meant for anyone. Yes. The thing she did with Bradley Cooper, which I thought wasn't good. Which one? She did, uh. You see what I did there? Yeah, that's funny. That's a funny humor <laughs> joke. You're talking about Silver Linings Playbook, or you could be talking about. American, American... Gangster. No, that's a different one. But yeah. I just don't think she's that. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I would say that the Oscar commission that nominated her, American Hustle, the movie you're looking for. Ah, that's where it was. Uh, Mother. Yeah, go fish. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, Joy, they thought was going to be Oscar nominated. It wasn't. Who's that? Uh, Joy. Uh, so I got a problem with movies that are made to win Oscars. All right, we're going to talk sports, I promise. But I got a problem with I've this. literally been saying that for two hours. I just talked to John Madden for 20 minutes. <laughs> and about a video game. My thing with... Like Jennifer Lawrence, if you're going to make a movie to win an Oscar, you get out of here. Because number one, I hate awards. We've been down this conversation many times. If you're getting an award from an organization that creates awards for itself, I think it's stupid. It's, it's literally all organizations. It's not because I can give awards to things. I do it all the time. I can, do, I can give an award to the best uh, Madden cover athlete to bomb. And that's a good award because I gave that. You wouldn't give it. EA Sports would give their own award for the best Madden cover to honor themselves. Yeah, and then that's unacceptable. And that's why, like, the best movies never win Oscars. I saw Avengers Endgame. It should have won an Oscar. What's the best? Best by what definition? Marvel. Uh, So they should have a comic book. They probably do. There's probably a comic book. Yeah, adaptation of graphic novel. It's called Saturn. It's called the Saturn Award. Yeah. They actually have. Stupid. Here's the thing. You know why uh, Avengers Endgame didn't win an Oscar? It didn't need to. It earned a billion and a half dollars. It was the best movie of 2019. It says $1.5 billion. They would agree with yeah. you. It Not winning an Oscar has nothing to do. It was made to make money, and it made cash. If you look me in the eye, friend of the show, if you see me out, out and about town, if I'm at O'Neill's drinking a beer and you walk up to me and you're like, hey, the shape of water slaps. I'm like, no, it does not. It does not slap at all. So I thought it was great. <laughs> but maybe you and I are different. If me and Jared Hart are sitting at O'Neill's having a having a, a bubbly, you come up and you talk to Jared about that, and you let me quietly walk away. You should know that Parasite actually won the year Avengers Endgame won. Korean film, Parasite. The one you had to read? I don't, I if you wanted to understand it, nah, you have to read it. Zero interest in that. Uh, I would also tell you it was a great year with Jojo Rabbit. That's a good movie. That's a fantastic movie. Ford v. Ferrari. It sucked. Joker. 
Double sucked. Worst movie I've ever seen. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Triple sucked. The 12th of 12 Quentin Tarantino movies in ranking. I would say 9th of 12, but that's fine. Uh, also, Marriage Story, 1917, Little Women, and The Irishman. The Irishman is the worst film I've ever seen. It's Michael, have you seen The Irishman? It's just scenes in an Italian restaurant of guys clinking silverware against tables, and it lasts for four hours. Okay, yeah, It's a bad rendition so, of Goodfellas. So first of all, that's not true. It is four hours of a de-aged uh, Robert De Niro and a, and a present-aged Robert De Niro for four hours clinking glasses at an Italian restaurant. There's a way to do de-aging, and if you want to see it done really well, go see the new go Spider-Man. S- go see a Marvel movie! Go see Captain Marvel and the de-aged way home. I can't remember what his name is. Oh, uh, Dr. Oct? I couldn't tell you the actor's name. So the CDC announces today, yesterday, that the recommended time for isolation after a positive COVID test has gone from 10 days to 5 days. What? And then they say, hold up. That's not what we said. What we said was it goes from 10 days to 5 days. If you're asymptomatic and you're willing to wear a mask, around everyone you interact with for the next five days, keeping in mind that you're only asymptomatic. And by the way, um, we're doing this on our own accord, not because the NFL or Delta Airlines or whoever called us. So that was the rumor, was that the airlines... (laughs) It's a super rumor. ...wanted... Well, and you can tell that it's probably true because the uh, airline attendants immediately said, uh, excuse me? Yes. We would not like a five-day quarantine. We were big fans of a 10. And people who are a fan of a ten, are also a fan of never get to fly of again. a twenty-one or a thirty. Yeah, I, 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 but like people who are not a fan of a ten, they're a big fan of a five. <laughs> so you're only you're only going to get two voices here, and I'm going to be the one that says make it longer. Well, okay, I would say that ten was aggressive. I don't know enough to know, but I, what I do know, and I do, ten is aggressive. The problem really is is that it's it's, it's th- three or four days until you have symptoms, and then it's a few days. The, the point is, is if it's been five days and you're not symptomatic, yes, you should be able to play football. But do you have to wear a mask? I find I find all the mask thing, particularly for a heavy breathing, perspiring athlete who is literally grabbing other athletes, yes, to be the maybe. Okay, there's two there's two masks here, okay? Okay. Let's talk about mask one and mask two. We all wear masks. I'm a mask wearer. Same. I, I don't dispute it. No. I understand that it's only reducing COVID cases by 10%, my stupid little you know grocery store mask. But if I can lower cases by 10%, it's not that big of an inconvenience. There's grocery store mask, Jared. Yes. Who doesn't really mind the theater for the 45 minutes I'm in the grocery store or... Lowe's shopping for whatever. Yes. I, uh, not that big a deal. You're very handy. Number two, Mask Jared, is the restaurant Mask Jared. And he understands this to be a farce and to be silly. To walk in in my mask, order a drink, sit down, and then remove my mask for approximately two and a half hours, only to put my mask back on to walk to the bathroom, to come back, take my mask off, eat my dessert, put my mask on, and leave. Yes. How silly version two of Mask Jared is. NFL masking is way more silly than that. It's maybe it is people who get in trouble when they yell in each other's faces as they are doing the heaviest breathing you can do. It doesn't feel like making the barrier a thin piece of paper is a solution. 
I'm going to agree with you. Oh, what a what a great premise for a show. On Two this... guys that agree, <laughs> except on the WWE. <laughs> on, under this one pretense. Yes. You're vaccinated. Okay. Then I'm in. Because the my understanding of it is, if you're vaccinated and you have, let's say you have immunity, right? And I have, I have vaccinated, I have immunity through injection and infection. Like I got them both. But it, your infection's over. But yeah. Yeah. And and here I stand. So if I were to get COVID nineteen again and be asymptomatic, first of all, that would be the best situation of getting COVID nineteen. Which if the last time was not my situation. If I were to get it again, and I were to be like, hey, my business says that I'm good to go, and the CDC says that I'm good to go. I don't know if I can argue that, because I don't think I can. If I'm a flight attendant or an NFL quarterback, I have to go, because the powers that be, there are doctors at the CDC. Like, the powers that be say you go, so you go. And you, but whatever rule they put in place, you have to follow. So if it's, hey, you're a quarterback, you got to wear a mask. If I see Carson Wentz in a mask this weekend, I'm not surprised. If I don't see Carson Wentz in a mask this weekend, I'm still not surprised. I'm going to see Carson Wentz play football. I will say, here's a question for you. Yeah. The outrage at certain NFL quarterbacks getting COVID and not being vaccinated, it doesn't appear to be the same. Let's say that. Well, Carson Wentz did not lie to me like Aaron Rodgers. Didn't lie? 100% lie. (laughs) So, Carson Wentz, he had to have been asked about it, right? Did he just say, I'm not vaccinated, I'm not going to be vaccinated? I don't have a soundbite of Carson Wentz saying, I'm inoculated. <laughs> That's, never said he was vaccinated. <laughs> no, I, I, what I will say is is that I think the anger is because people already don't like Aaron Rodgers. And they freaked out. Because the original outrage wasn't that he lied. It was that he was hurting his team. And he was, you know, you're a quarterback. You just have to get this done because... It could be late in the season, and those could be two games he had to – because he's unvaccinated, it's two games instead of one, and it could be late. It, it, thank goodness it's in October. I think it was October, early November, whenever. And if this had been the last week in December, he really could have wounded his team. There, there's way less anger right now at Carson Wentz. People were furious about Rodgers, and I don't know why. Well, I'm telling you – sorry. I understand why they were mad. I don't understand why – I don't understand why people aren't calling for Wentz. Why? I haven't seen the headline. I haven't seen the tweet. I haven't seen the clip that is Carson Wentz in front of anyone asking, regardless of who that is, and him saying, uh, yeah, I'm 100% on the uh, the safe side here. Because that's what Aaron Rodgers did without doing it. Aaron Rodgers had, through his think tank of weirdos that surround him, and from his echo chamber, he had, hey, use this phrasing when talked to. Now, if Carson Wentz also has that, which would be news to me. No, so Carson did say that he's not vaccinated, and he said it was a personal decision when people asked about it. Got it. He said he's not going into it. I, I can't believe that that farm boy, wait, I can't. <laughs> From South Carolina, Raleigh. But I think it is, I, okay, I will say that I find them to be a little different. I do think that the too cute by half Rogers stuff, was annoying because he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. and Has for a long time. Has forever. Yeah. That being said, I think Carson Wentz, as, an, as a, a country bumpkin, who is signed a giant deal with the Eagles and never produced and got schnockered somewhere else 
and has been pulling the wool over everybody's eyes, saying that he's one of the greatest quarterbacks, for that guy to not do every single thing he can to not make the team suffer is as egregious to me. Carson Wentz not getting vaccinated, he is not an elite quarterback, but he walks around acting like he is. That frustrates me. He, if anybody can be not vaccinated, it's Rodgers, it's Brady. Carson Wentz, if you have the chance to not get vaccinated and your team has to not have a quarterback in a period of time where they are literally talking about redrafting retired quarterbacks to fill out rosters. Phil Rivers. Philip Rivers and more. Yeah. It is a period of time where all you had to do was get the vaccine and miss one game, but because you didn't because you did the research based on your, your Facebook feed in a billion dollar industry that affects millions of dollars and millions of dollars for your friends winning or not winning games in a year where every team is on the bubble. When is the last time you remember teams not having this thing locked up by the first week in December? This is the most teams ever in contention at this point in a season. And even if you want to take out, a lot of them aren't going to make it. There are usually three or four teams that have locked up the division months ago. From the texter, if you're any quarterback and you should have a chance to make it to the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl, you should have a vaccination. That's the end of the story. I'm as outraged at Wentz as I was at Rodgers, and I'm frustrated that other people aren't. There's a self-absorption about indi- – all right, obviously it's an opinion-based program. My opinion. There's a self-absorption about individuals who refuse to get vaccines for whatever reason outside of medical. To me, it is unacceptable. You have to care for others. Have to. Carson Wentz does not care about his teammates. So I thought that – I think that, and I thought that about Rodgers. I think the same. But no one is saying that right now. I'm the only one that feels that way. Well, there's a self-absorption there, too. So, Dave & Buster's presents Two Men On Live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we started our days at the YMCA Central New Mexico. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. I like guys that wear a lot of hats. I'm into, like, multiple streams of income. Like, I'm very millennial in that sense. Have 401k, will travel. That's the thing with John Madden that always kind of jumped out to me. Like, So he's doing the Thanksgiving turkey day stuff, like the turkey football on Fox stuff. He comes up with the turducken, and I don't know if he came up with it, but he embraces that thing. That's the brilliance I like to be able to take, because you watch football, like super serious friend of the show who loves football more than anything and like gets mad at your dog when your team loses. John Madden is putting a duck and a turkey combined together for your game, and he's laughing the whole time about it. And that's that's the balance I love in sport. I will say I've seen as many John Madden turducken tweets as John Madden greatest coach, great, winningest coach of all time tweets. I love that. That the turducken lives. <laughs> that that's what people think of. It keeps way, it evolving. Must, they put like, it must be good, right? Have a, you had one? A duck turkey? A turk ducky? Chicken turkey duck. A chirk chicken duckin? Cut that off, Michael. We need that for a promo. I don't it it wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> it didn't make any sense when you said it. I'm just I like that. I like to be able because greatest coach of all time, winning percentage wise, right? Gotta be up there. By the way, Wikipedia does say the turducken was popularized in America by John Madden, who evangelized the unusual dish during NFL Thanksgiving Day games. Good word. I slaughtered it. I tried to go right by it, but you wouldn't bring it back. <laughs> Evangelized? Yes. What did I say? 
No, that's perfect. Oh, okay. If you're gonna, t- if there's one thing you can be a zealot about, I say let it be evangelical about turduckens. Yes. Okay. The three bird roast. It's a turkey, a that's, duck, and a chicken. That's what they call it outside of the U.S. It's called a three bird roast. Why would you say that when you could say turducken? Because you're dumb. Maybe it doesn't translate. Maybe the, the that doesn't ring true in French. Well, you know, you know how it is about like the Royal English. They don't use. Like, uh, please, <laughs> I'm interested to see where this goes. They don't use contractions. You know, it's, they keep everything very formal. That's what this is. We don't say turducken. We say, we say three bird Monty or whatever you said it was. Three bird Monty. <laughs> <sighs> By the way, Josh McCallan was the third quarterback rumored to be. Oh, he's always ready to go. Possibly coming back. Right. <laughs> 42. From the text. 42 years young. From the texter, don't look up is super obvious commentary on the COVID-19 issue. Not sure if you're connecting that, but it's great instincts. I haven't seen it. You've seen it. I'll I'll go see it. And I never take your recommendations. You're way too artsy for me. Well, first of all, you don't take my recommendations because you don't care. Let's be real. Hot take. (laughs) You're not a good friend because nobody takes anybody's recommendations how often have somebody been telling you you've got to watch blah 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 show you've never heard of on streaming network yeah. blah 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 and you go oh yeah i'll check that out well, here's because it's easier than saying realistically brad i'm not gonna go find that show i'm not gonna remember this no. conversation damn it janet the th- <laughs> the thing that gets me is why should i trust jared hart my friend in real life in front of the show when i have an algorithm that chases me around all day every day because the that, algorithm's narrow bro it'll put you in a box hey but it knows me so well you can only watch rudy so many times what oh what do you mean you took uh eddie vetter's pearl jams lady lady at the counter in an elderly restaurant and put it over the b-roll of uh some oh, i'm blowing a joke i'm so upset right now i don't know where the joke is you have to get there what is the name of the movie all right i'm gonna come back to this who joke. told who was the first person to tell you that the new trailer was out for underdog american underdog a kurt warner story your movie obsessed friend jared hart i'm a big kurt warner guy i'm a big zachary levi guy also played shazam garden state that's where i was going with this joke i want eddie vetter lyrics laced over her b-roll of garden state because youtube puts that in front of me and i watch it and i get all emotional and i'm like that's smart youtube yeah thank you garden state was a, an independent treasure <laughs> and whenever you put elderly lady at the counter in a restaurant i'm like yes this is yes i i do recognize i've changed by not changing at all thank you <laughs> <sighs> so the, can the dogs can smell her is that the dead <laughs> close enough if you know Pearl Jam lyrics, like if you're a karaoke Pearl Jam guy, you got a different passion for Pearl Jam than most. So I would say Eddie Vedder's uh, scored soundtrack to Into the Wild. Brilliant. Fantastic. Insanely brilliant. I'm sure you didn't see the movie. No, I saw it. What? Yeah, with the kid in the van. The kid in the van. Yeah. I would say Magic Bus, but okay. We've taken a departure. My point of all of this was to tell you that Anna Paquin plays Kurt Warner's wife, Brenda Warner. And has the, like, up-top-tight faux hawk thing, and I couldn't love it anymore. I like how you can't just say Brenda Warner to me, because I know that. I was talking to listeners who may not be familiar and wouldn't have been able to place Brenda Warner without the reference to Mr. Kurt. It was a callback. 
Anna Paquin's got an Oscar. She won it when she was a kid. Yeah, I don't know what for, though. Okay. The fun, fil- it's a fun game to find out how little Fred knows about the Oscars. I don't like awards, Michael. It's not my fault, okay? I just I think they're a waste. If someone entered, like, we joke all the time with friend of the show, now four-time New Mexico broadcaster of the year, Brandon Ortega. That's weird. I was looking for him on the best of Albuquerque list. I didn't see him. Not even the Razzies? Sorry. Well, the Razzies I'm into. I'm into anything that's a strong joke. Anna Paquin won in 1993 for The Piano. No one saw that. That's what I'm saying. Jane Campion? Who? Jane Campion uh, wrote and directed it. Is that a guy or a gal? Oh, it's a gal. And uh, she is rumored to be the best picture director this year for Power of the Dog. Okay. Starring Benedict Cumberbatch. If you and I, Benedict Cumberbatch should already have an Oscar for his role in the Marvel Universe. You don't get an award for being a character. You get it for a movie. The list not people, multiple appearances where he's on screen for thirty minutes in a seven-hour rendition of Endgame. He has his own standalone films. I don't know why you're not recognizing. By it. the way, say film only one has been out. Also, Kristen Dunst, Jesse Plemons, and Cody Smith McPhee star in Power of the Dog. Yeah, these are all Oscar hungry. We don't care what we create, guys. The list of people trying to make Oscar-winning movies is so small that if we threw our names in the hat. We could win an Oscar. I think you do not understand exactly what you're saying. Um, strong opinion, though. This this hurts me as deeply as when I criticized the sportsmanship of the WWE from the 4 o'clock hour. Philadelphia Eagles are keeping all their quarterbacks in separate rooms and making them do Zoom calls to each other. Which is a great idea. Why on earth isn't everybody doing it? Why didn't Bill Belichick build silos for each? They should have bubble boy yes. things at their practice. And it surprises me to learn Bill Belichick hasn't done that yet. You need to have handlers that walk six feet away from you and poke others away with a stick. Every one of them needs two, I guess it would need to be six-foot stick because their arms are of a certain length, two four feet like away from each other, sticks. And quarterbacks especially need to poke everyone that gets within that bubble. Like the toy lightsaber that whenever you swing yes, fast? Yes, and they, they flip it out at people. Get those little batons that they beat people with in, in um, dystopian movies. Ah. No. My, mine was less violent. Yeah, I would like them to beat people who are trying to give them the vid. Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew, and Reed Sennett, no clue who that is, in separate rooms at the NovaCare Complex amid a surge in coronavirus cases across the NFL. Um, hey, when Phil- you Google Reed Sennett, Senator Jack Reed is the first thing that comes up. Well, who knew? Rhode Island. Rhode Island to me is near the very bottom of states feels like technically a state if you're phil rivers and you come back for one game to help a team have the possibility of making it to the playoffs what is your paycheck for that one game i will tell you this while philip rivers is an aging quarterback mm-hmm. uh aged because he's not a quarterback anymore he's also not a wine having watched rob gronkowski put together a absolutely hall of fame year after having been retired it blows my mind and i no longer have any comments about anybody that comes out of retirement because i don't know anything you can do it i don't know anything i never officially retired i'm still a free agent just haven't been picked up i'm thinking about going pro though i would like to go pro joe johnson just comes out after three years of retirement to just start knocking down jumpers the other day i'm like okay i no. I literally 
it, because 20 years ago, I would have told you there's no way anybody that can retire can come back and play. And at this moment, I would tell you I don't know anything about sports because anybody, honestly, you joked in a break. Who are they not looking at? And you said, I think they're looking at Brett Favre. If Brett Favre came out, I wouldn't be that surprised. If my options are coming out of retirement, Phil Rivers or Ian Book or Deshaun Kaiser or Jimmy Clausen or Brady Quinn, all Notre Dame quarterbacks, I'm taking Phil Rivers. It's weird. Does Notre Dame have a history of producing less than average NFL quarterback? Well, they had Joe Montana, so I mean, let's not put the whole thing yeah, out there. Yeah, and uh, by the way, it's been a minute. Joe Theismann. It's been a minute and a half. Let's grab a break. It's not the bottom of the Why hour. would you not take Drew Brees? Why would you go with some unheard of fourth string guy that barely made it? I am sure whatever Drew Brees is doing at home, he's in pretty good shape today. It doesn't you it's like riding a bike, right? And also like for the Saints yesterday, this Ian Book kid, how many snaps had he ever taken with this team? Zero? That's the same number that Drew Brees has taken all season. You just call up CBS and you're like, hey, like, like I don't know if this is like um, like European League soccer rules. We just need you to rent us Drew Brees for one game. I know Mike Vitale is very excited because we're late on yeah. what we're supposed to be doing. He loves that. Drew Brees having, like, okay, Peyton Manning, it was really falling apart for him that last season. That's not how I remember it for Drew Brees. I remember that Drew Brees looked a lot like Ben Roethlisberger did this year. He wasn't – it just wasn't clicking. It's not like he was way off base. I would put way more stock in a Drew Brees dragging a team through. Also, I'm not saying Drew Brees can play 17 games in a season. You only need him to show up, hit a few passes, and get you through the COVID problems. I trust Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees 100%. Also, in accomplishing that, who is Ian Book? <laughs> Six thirty. Whenever we get back from the break, two men on ninety-five point nine FM AM six ten. The Sports Animal. Back on the program. Phone lines are open. Quan's Auto Care Hotline five zero five two four six zero six ten. Texter is going crazy. Jared Hart, thank you so very much for joining us for the first most of the show. Just took a he had to take a heart out at six thirty. Bottom of the hour. Bottom of the hour. I didn't know that was a talking point. I didn't either. Bottom of the hour. A lot of news today. Obviously we were talking about John Madden a lot. We were talking about him as a coach and him as a video game and him as a commentator. And a real interesting thing to me is identifying what you are professionally and I do it personally, and I'll give you an example. I was one time interviewing uh, Bob Golick, and Bob Golick used to host the morning show on ESPN, uh, Mike and Mike. You mean Mike Golick. Mike Golick. I apologize. Yeah. Bob was his brother who was on Saved by the Bell. Right. So I was interviewing Mike Golick, uh, and I was actually interviewing his son, so Mike Golick Jr., and Mike Golick was there, and they were having a conversation amongst themselves, and it was something along the lines of like um, – we were talking about Mike Golick Jr. getting into the broadcast game, and Mike Sr. was there, not in the interview, but just next to us. And he was talking to his father, and he said, you know, you know, hey, Dad, or whatever to that extent. It was, hey, when did you go from being like a football player to a broadcaster? Like, when did you change your mentality on what you were professionally? And Mike Golick Sr. was like, I'm still a football player. 
He had been in the broadcast game longer than he was a football player, and he had made quite a name at it, but he never transitioned from believing he was a football player, not believing, that's not fair, he absolutely was, from identifying as a football player versus identifying as a broadcaster. And I also I think that about John Madden a lot, where it's like with John Madden, who was so successful in so many different ventures, player, coach, franchise that is the video game and broadcaster, like how do you like self-identify? And I do it whenever I meet people. Hi, my name is Fred Slow. I'm a teacher by degree. I'm a broadcaster by profession. Because I went to school for all these years. I could jump into a classroom right now. I mean, I'd have to read The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, but I'd be able to catch you up on it. <laughs> and it's it's just so incredible to me to to be of a facet, to be of a personality, to where you can find success in the thing that you're passionate about. And you know those people in your life. There, there are certain individuals in your life where you identify them and you say, whatever profession or hobby or interest or person or idea or pursuit or fill in your adjective or verb here, the thing that they become passionate about is going to be better because they're a part of it. And that is like John Madden. John Madden was a perfectionist. What's his record, Vital? Over 100 wins? Only like 30-something losses? Never, yeah, it was uh, 32 losses, but he never was under 500 in any season as a coach with the Raiders. Never. Never under 500. Or the team never finished under 500 in any of his, was it 10 years? Something crazy. In, yeah, in championships. By the way, coach. Division titles, yeah. what, what have you. Coaching Super Bowl two. Wasn't even called the Super Bowl at that time. Like football his whole life. And whenever you have like obstacles in front of you, like John Madden has had obstacles in front of him. Like he had a fear of flying. Jared Hart was talking about it. You have a fear of flying. You can no longer coach because you can't take the train or you can't take the bus or the covered wagon or whatever. So what does John Madden do? He becomes a broadcaster. And what does he do after he becomes a broadcaster? He still is on the Madden bus is a thing. As he's broadcasting Monday Night Football, you're going on the side of the bus. Like, they're sponsoring the bus. There's just an acronym there. There's a brilliance about it to where it's, hey, no matter what is in front of me or what I'm going to do, I'm going to maximize it. And that's kind of like, that's the John Madden inspiration. His video game propelled every other video games and EA Sports. EA Sports, it's in the game didn't have IPs like Madden. They had Madden. They had the football. But their RBI baseball was garbage. It got beat out for years by the show. Their NBA franchise was not great. They lost their college basketball stuff until they're like, hey, we can do everything else as well as we do John Madden. And then it comes back to them. And then you get competition amongst everything. And foot like that football game ran the 2K series out. Because you put more money into it, you put better branding into it, you put more effort into it. And as we reported a little bit ago, he was such a perfectionist, he holds up the release of John Madden Football, 1988, by seven full years because it wasn't good enough. There's a perfection to it. I don't have it about anything in my life. I feel like I do often about this program. And I recognize, like friend of the show, where you're like, this is not a traditional sports-heavy 
drive time sports program. This is a sports adjacent sports program. I want to talk about the new protocol for the NFL. I want to talk about like the details of it, but there's no reason on this show. You can just Google it because that's what you're going to do anyways. You're going to see it in writing. Well, it's going from 10 to 5, and if you're asymptomatic, you can come back on the field. And I can give you like the injustice behind it. I can talk to you about how it's not a smart move. I can talk to you about how it's not fair to teams literally just last night in Ian Book. That's where this thing should be. But if John Madden were hosting the show, you know it would be a perfect show. He's the guy who's going to live on forever, the name. It's, it's like a Lombardi big. There's a couple of them. Chuck Knoll. There's a couple of them. He's a big deal, man. Fox took over Christmas with a documentary for him. Ballsy. Yeah, I saw that. That was really good. It's a ballsy move. I didn't see it. I'm going to have to watch it now, though. One thing I liked about him is he used everyday language to describe his experiences in the game of football, and he brought that out. I mean, there would be times when I was growing up in the 70s and the 80s where they would have football games that, to me, as a Packer fan, I could care less. It would be like right. the Oilers and the Steelers. But they are two good teams, and the way in which he would – bring the game out and, and portray it and, and his experiences about the game and how it, you know, related to what's going on yeah. on the field was just second to none, well, really. And you're talk- are you talking about layman's terms? Because I agree. Yeah. Because to be able to go out there, and he would, quote, unquote, whiteboard stuff for people, and as he's doing it, you know, it's X's and O's, right? you got 11 of them. And he's like, and you're going to hoot high here, and you're going to move, and you're going to drag here. And, you're gonna- and the language he's using is so understandable to the consumer, to the fan, but – Simplify the game in an interesting way. And then to take like what seems like a childish approach and then explain it like I'm five mentality, but then get like really deep concepts. I understand what a screen pass is from Matt in the video game. I understand what a shovel pass is from Matt in the video game. You know how many shovel passes I've ever seen in the NFL? Very few since Kurt Warner. Very few. But it's like I have a rich understanding. I don't know, just kind of an incredible thing to me. And then also to have, like, that personality to where you can be as big as you need to be in most situations, broadcaster, coach, like Al Davis, dealing with Al Davis. And by dealing with, I mean, like, working with cooperatively and finding success. Like, it, it takes a certain type. And to me, John Madden, because he was able to do it at such a high success rate and the things he was passionate about. And I can't sit here and tell you about his failures. I can't sit here and tell you he took on this endeavor and blew it. But I don't know those John Madden stories like I know stories about some other coaches recently in headlines for dumb stuff. I'm in on it. This is, I don't this is a sad one to me. And if you're a Raiders fan, celebrate this one. You know the Raiders are going to do something nice this weekend, too. I oh, love yeah. that stuff. I love that stuff. You know I'm friends with Amy Trask. I should call Amy. Get Amy on. Talk about this. She's not with the Raiders anymore, but she'd have a strong insight. Maybe call Vinny. Vinny Bonsignor over there at Raiders Nation. Because they're going to they're gonna do it the right way. The whole NFL will. Also, to, to be able to go from that coaching 
to that broadcast position and stand out so uniquely. And not easy. No. Because a lot of the guys will just be like broken records. A lot of athletes that go from athlete to broadcaster, it's the same points every game. You ever watch Trent Dilfer do anything? He talks about the exact same thing every single broadcast. And I'm not saying Trent Dilfer is a, a bad commentator, but I am saying he's only got one tune. John Madden was able to involve that stuff. Also, to put Outback Steakhouse on the side of your Madden bus as you tour the country, level of brilliance there. I got, like, mixed emotion, Michael. I got a warm heart because we're talking about it, but I'm sad. We got one more break. We will take that. When we get back, today's final segment. We didn't do a varsity today. Talk a little bit of COVID before Mike Trujillo comes in. True to the game. You and Mike are here till 10 p.m.? Yep. And definitely we'll be talking about Madden among oh, a lot man. of things, especially football. But uh, I, I just love the way he, you know, the game of football and, and what his mind, and he brought it out to what it was. Is This is a simple game, folks. And I'll tell you about it. He'd talk about there was a fumble one time, and Summerall's talking about who the guy that picked up the fumble, and there was a scrum down there, and you could see guys punching each other. And he goes, I remember one experience back in my early <laughs> days in Oakland. And it was just incredibly funny. There's something special about he had that. a special humor about that. I love that kind of insight into the game, too. Like, I'm going to use the phrase old-timers. I don't know if that's fair. But you ever sit down at, like, a baseball game with a couple old-timers just in the stands, and you start just conversing about what the game used to be and how – that's what this was with John Madden. You felt like you were just listening to an old-timer. I'm really into it. Grabbing that last break. Uh, whenever we get back, we'll wrap this thing up. We'll hand it off. Dave & Buster's presents Two Men On, live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA Central New Mexico. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. All right, so between the break, I'm Googling away, right? I'll put it on social media. I do a rundown every show. So what do we have? We got like 12 segments every show, something like that. So I come up with like 12 different talking points. A couple of them I leave on the table. So here I got like Dolphins, the 7-7 seven seven thing, Major League Baseball players Japan and signing in Japan and Korea, COVID quarterback situations, AP Athlete of the Year, which we'll talk about tomorrow, obviously. Sports Christmas gifts, the Zach Wilson thing. Mike Leach hates Texas Tech. Hockey came back today. There's all kinds of stuff. So I'm Googling. I'm like, how am I going to finish out the show? I don't know, Michael. I don't know, friend of the show. If anyone, I don't know if anyone did more for NFL football than John Madden. I can't think of another way to say that. NFL's popularity today would not exist without John Madden's influence throughout the time that John Madden was influencing those that could choose to be fans of the NFL. And there's a level of fandom right now. And I'm not talking to a friend of the show who doesn't know. I'm talking, I'm explaining to you. But this Madden video game, what it means in like certain like 
social circles. It's a religion. For players, it's a religion. When I was a youth, because in the 10 seasons that John Madden coached the Raiders, was it 77 he won the Super Bowl? If that's not right, let me know. He took, he took the Raiders from where they were and continued them into the dominance of a, of a popular brand. I'll tell you, the Cowboys are probably number one. It's not close. But then after that, Raiders, 49ers, Green Bay Packers, that's kind of the next tier. And John Madden made that happen. And then the video game. And then the broadcast career. And the NFL went from what it was, which was we had to give away tickets to Super Bowls that he coached in, to it's not just the hottest ticket in sport. It's the hottest commercial break in sport. It's the hottest branding in sport. Let's mean you go to Walgreens right now, friend of the show. There will be a Dallas Cowboy or Oakland Raider, excuse me, Las Vegas Raider branding on every a pen, a koozie, a pair of slippers. Inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2006 as a coach. I think you could put him in two times over otherwise. Sports analyst or personality or whatever that other one is. Contributor to the game with the video game. How can you be so good, Michael, at broadcasting that you can get phrases like boom and wham and doink over? Like There's a, there's a world of talent there. His speech was very animated toward the sport of football. Oh, man. And he, he loved Brett Favre. And it was, you know, you talk about bam, zoink, yeah. boom. Well, he used a lot of that when trying to explain the type of plays that Favre used to do. Make, the plays he used to make, he would do that. I think he really liked Favre's blue-collar style of play. I agree completely. I'm into it. I'm, it's a sad day, but it's a fun day to celebrate. And 85 is a good run. That's a lot of life. 1936, the birth year of John Madden. If I make it to 85, I've done a lot of things right in my life. And it's just so incredibly cool to me. And whatever the documentary was coming out a week ago, I think me and Mike Trujillo were talking about it between programs. You know, but I think it depends on your age. Like, how do you identify what John Madden is? I don't know much about his career with the Eagles, like as a player. He got hurt in like training camp, right? And then like his thing was because he was a lineman. So his thing was when he got hurt, he was hanging out with, uh, oh, who's the quarterback at the time? For the Raiders, is that? Oh, Norm Van Brocklin for the Eagles. And that's that's, the 60s. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. And that's when he's, like, learning the game because of an injury. And I kept talking, like, like something comes up. You get drafted as a lineman in whatever weird round they had back in 1940 or 60 or 50 or whatever. And then you're like, oh, okay, I blew my knee out. I think what I'll do is I'll hang out with Norm Van Brocklin. I'll learn the game a bit. What a cool mentor. That's the education, though, right? That's the never give up stuff. That's the, You just adjust. He put Pat Summer all over. 
Pat Summerall ended up broadcasting past the time that John Madden was broadcasting, and they put in a lot of co-hosts. He with... revived Summerall's career. Oh, he absolutely did. Because then whenever Madden left, Summerall, because, like, and this is not breaking news to anyone that's, a fi- like, a friend of this show, but there's, you know, there's the A guys, you know, Buck and Aikman. And then, and then you, you know, you go underneath. Pat Summerall, he, without John Madden, fell down pretty quick. How do you become a head coach at 32? What were you doing at 32? What was I doing? Well, I mean, I was doing this. So I guess really, that's not fair. 13-2-1, losing the AFL champion, championship game in the very first year. Fastest to ever hit 100 career victories. Okay, cool. Tough loss for the world of sports. Tough loss for the world of sports entertainment. John Madden passing away today. Michael, thank you for all your help today. Anytime, brother. I'll be back tomorrow. We got a we got a rotisserie of friends of the show joining us tomorrow. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Any final words, Michael, before I go? Too too many with a lot <laughs> less time I try. <laughs> Good job, everyone. GG.